captain of Ingog. Akiva's faces his job in GOG with Keeve and Ellie and Zooey. Hey fam, welcome back to episode 17 of New Girl, Old Guy, discussing episode 17 and 18 of New Girl. I'm neither the new girl nor the old guy. My name is Ali Lasher and I am joined with by the titular old guy, Akiva, looking for Keeve Whitaker. What's going on, Akiva? Looking for Keeve. Here for Keeve. What was what did that ten year old make his Twitter account for? Oh say? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a uh, a nice old throwback. Here for how Keeve quickly 26. you forget. Um, yeah. First of all, this is the first episode that now we're we're off. We're sort of off forever because this is episode seventeen and eighteen of New Girl, but episode seventeen of New Girl Old Guy. So next week we're gonna be all famished. We're gonna be all mixed up. You know what's crazy is like. Now that we're getting past 18, it's like I feel like we barely made it to eight, and now we're at 18. Like I blinked, and we got we're flying, baby. Yeah, we're flying. I'm like a new girl super fan at this point. I mean, you're something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm excited to talk about these episodes because I feel like you know we had a couple of slogs, but we had great guests and a fun time. But now, my friend, we have arrived. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, I don't know how you felt, but I we have arrived. You think this is the episode that stamps the show's arrival? I just think we've been in a bit of a drought, and this is let it rain, let the rain fall down, Hillary Duff. I think you're right. I think I think this is like the most adult episode of the show. It like is the, obviously the most ambitious. Not that it's super ambitious, but compared to the last six weeks, it's the most ambitious. Everybody's got stuff going on. Yes. We have a lot to talk about, and ironically, we've made this a two-part episode when we probably have the most to discuss. The last three episodes probably could have been in one episode. Well, we could cut out some tangents. You know, we could save them for another time. Oh, I thought you meant I'd have to go back and edit this out, because you know what would be amazing, Akiva? What? <laughs> if I didn't have an episode like I did last week. Yes, Thank let's... you, everyone, for bearing with us, because I told Akiva if one person even so much as complains about how the audio quality dips 40 minutes into the last episode... I will just break my computer because it was a journey to get that out. But I learned a lot. I'm an editor now, baby. I did it. Yep. Backup career. I do think uh, we should, our goal for a week coming off last week where you had to do like five, six hours of editing should be like no cuts. Let's try and not say anything we need to take out. Yeah, well, that's always our goal. And we've maybe done the one show where we had no notes. I'm using a quote. No notes is a quote from later in New Girl. And I Mm -hmm. love it. But like, let's get to no notes. I think we've hit it three times, at least. There was one time where you said you had no notes, but I listened anyway and edited it. Ah, okay. But- All right. I think we could do it. Let's not try and say any, like, the last names of childhood friends that we're going to regret saying later. I do that on other podcasts also. Um, other podcasts. We have I- some old business to attend okay. to, speaking of your childhood friends. Mm-hmm. So last week, we attacked you about how you didn't do a good job following up on the prior week's old business. With Eric. Yeah. And then you texted him during the show. No one asked for this, by the way. No one followed up this week. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you got an answer. Basically, he, you were wrong in that story. Well, he's, he claims he broke his wrist. Didn't we, didn't we discuss this on air, though? No, we talked about it after the podcast. Oh, ah, we okay, like, yeah. Oh, he claimed he I... broke his wrist, not his collarbone, but I'm pretty sure he's wrong. But regardless, he did not tell his parents the truth. 
He, Which was the whole discrepancy. Co- uh, correct, but I think he could have. My point was I know his parents. He no, no, no. Your point was not whether you'd build like whether you could build the levels. It's whether it could it would be done. Yeah, <laughs> that it could be done would be done. All right. More importantly, I softened you up with that. But we have to have a tough conversation. Oh, Akiva. not now. This is so late <laughs> at night. We I don't people don't know. We usually come in having like spoken all day. We're trying out a what new is, thing. What? Like we usually like have a we have like a running conversation during the day. Is that true or not true? I don't know about running, but sure. We maybe talked less. Is that why when we got on today, you were like, have you been busy? (laughs) Because I haven't been talking to you today. Yeah, we have not spoken today at all. A little bit. Um, No, we have not spoken. Oh, okay. We didn't speak the whole day. Um, you, no, Crime you're, you're, no, that's fine. But you're, now you're like saying like, oh yeah, we don't have a running conversation. That's, that's like gaslighting. That's not true. <laughs> we do have a running conversation every day. I am, okay, I'm not, I was going to say something I probably have to take out. So I'm in the spirit of not taking it out. Okay, go ahead, Akiva. You're right. Uh, we didn't talk, we talked at 640, oh no. You just, the, last we, talk yesterday at yesterday. 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only thing we talked about today was uh, you, you said is is whatever time recording okay, and I said sure. Um, the what, what was the point of this though? I I would love to hear. <laughs> like, See, does this go better? Us not having like told each other our stories during the day is this going to be better or worse when I mean, we come we did in and fresh? Up for about like twenty twenty. That's true. Minutes. That's true. Well, you didn't. Yeah, but neither of us said anything interesting. Maybe we just said boring days. <laughs> Old business. All right, so here's something that I, you know, I'm a little upset with you, Akiva. That's not why we didn't talk today. All right, tell me Um, why, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Grace has brought something to my attention. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Grace. Akiva was clearly watching football during your last podcast. Did you have a fight off podcast about this? Also love the podcast. Thank you, Grace, for the compliment and for the tip. Because I was very confused why you were MIA. Brian and I talked about it later. Brian thought it was so hilarious that I was like, Akiva, are you still with us? You felt very distant. There was and no football while Grace, we were recording. I would never record during football. What is she talking about? I don't know. I think it tracks. I, I think there was probably football while we were talking. We recorded at 11 a.m. Sunday, probably from like 10.30 to like noon. Yeah, there's no football till 1. I, I, w- I wouldn't have set up a record mm. during football. No, I was, mm. I, w- I was, um, Grace, I- get back to me, please confirm this. What? The Grace, story. what are you narking? No, it's that, <laughs> but there was no, there's no football that the time, like I can be, I can be cleared by, by the time, by the timestamp. All right. You're talking about among us now. I could be cleared. Uh, the timestamps are going to clear me. I'm not sus. I think I, here's the thing. <laughs> I was in, if you remember, because we were recording in the middle of the day, I went over to my wife and I'm like, my office is basically like in the same, like larger room. As the as as like where the kids play, and like before dinner, and she said, uh, and I said like, hey, can I have that room for like two hours without the kids coming? And she's like, no, of course not. So then I'm like, all right, fine, uh, I'm gonna set up in my room. So I was like recording lying down on my bed. So I was like a little well, bit TMI, TMI, like discombobulated compared to normal, and um, and also my internet went out a couple times at the beginning. Like so, that's why I wasn't responding at the beginning. There was no football. I was not distracted by anything else. So bad read by by Grace, by Brian, and by Allie. 
I, I, wait, Brian and I just felt you were distracted. We didn't say it was football. Yeah, no, no, I, but it, but it was only at the very beginning. It was only for like the first 20 minutes where I was just like not, I was, I was, wasn't like fully set up. Do you know what I mean? Like I was moving around trying to get, trying to like, not physically comfortable, but like trying to set up. My, if you remember, my wife was like yelling at my kids in the background. Wait, there was a lot going on. i all this out, so let's just move on. Fine. Okay. Fine. Grace, get back to me. Um, all right. Uh, so this, these episodes aired. Uh, March 20th, 2012, and what I assume is March 27th, I forgot to look it up, 2012, um, The Fancy Man, parts one and two. Keeve, you want to give a little digest? This is going to be your greatest feat yet. Yes, the, the longest digest of all time. Um, okay, uh, big picture notes, Jess starts dating the fa- Fancy Man, uh, the titular Fancy Man, who is a rich dad in her school, a parent of, of a girl in her school. We never meet the girl during either of the two episodes. Uh, just a side note. Uh, Schmidt is great at trivia. That gets dropped pretty quickly. Um, but it makes Winston feel a little bit uncomfortable, so he starts studying for trivia. Winston starts dating Shelby, who we've met a couple times before. They become official. They become show official. Um, and then uh, towards the end of the first half hour, Jess goes to the house of the fancy man and ends up, uh, you know, setting up a date with him for this for the second uh, half hour. Uh, meanwhile, in part two, we have a couple new things that come into play, which doesn't usually happen in part two of a two-part episode. I, I, I wonder, and we could talk about it, if this was supposed to be two separate weeks, like continuation. It's weird they went right into it with, like, introducing new characters. You don't normally see that on TV shows. Wait, I'm confused. It, it was two separate weeks. Oh, it was two. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was back-to-back. It was two separate weeks. Wait. That's interesting. I feel like in Seinfeld, the parts one and two were a week apart also. Uh, yes, they – no, a couple times they're not. I think, I think the um, the pilot – not literally the show's pilot, but the pilot of the season four finale called The Pilot is – it was aired, I think, in an hour, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no. So this aired – And obviously the finale. The 20th, March 20th, which I believe is was my bat mitzvah, and March 27th, so a week later. The show, like, the show aired actually, during your bat mitzvah? No, no. I actually no. In 2012, I was not 13. I'm younger than you, but not that much. Okay. Um, I I do think this like when we discuss doing this as two parts, like I think it makes sense because we just want to like kind of get through it. Mm-hmm. But these are two standalone. Not to jump yes. into the digest, but like these are two separate episodes. Yes. That just um, involve the same character. Correct. So then part two, um, uh, Schmidt's friend Dirk, who's a horny professor. <laughs> who's very douchey, comes to stay at their house. Uh, meanwhile, Shelby goes on a bachelorette party to what we eventually learn is Mexico, and Winston misses her so much and is nervous maybe that she's cheating or whatever. So he goes to meet her, um, and all the while, Cece and Schmidt are trying to... Cece is really trying to get Schmidt to uh, agree to some more uh, 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 rendezvous around town, and then uh, they eventually do rendezvous in a spe- in what we learn is a special place ends up being the back of schmidt's car aka the mambulance all the while winston has decided to drive to mexico and we'll talk about this to uh to see what's going on in the at the bachelor party because he can't buy a plane ticket and they are sort of doing it in the back of the Man, uh, the mambulance, so they get sort driven to Mexico. It. They're sort of doing it. <laughs> well, well, they have sort of like they're done doing it, I think, by the time <laughs> he comes in. And then, uh, you know, a lot of hijinks ensues. By the end of the two episodes, um, Jess is still dating the rich guy. 
Uh, Dirk is still a douche. Nick can't handle his alcohol. Nick, ironically, has the least of the storylines in, in this two-parter. Uh, Winston and Shelby still dating, and Schmidt and CeCe have been found out by Winston that they were hooking up. Okay, great summary. We have a lot, as you said, to get into. A couple people sent me a TikTok that was making the rounds. I'm trying to pull it up now because I want to credit the TikToker, but basically a person on TikTok said that like her and her family were trying to decide who does the whistle at the end of the theme song. How in tune to you are... To, how in tuned to the theme song are you, Akiva? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say the whistle? No. Oh, okay. I should have had this queued up. Um, maybe, depending on how I feel, I'll insert the theme song with the whistle here. Um, but basically, at the end, it's like, hey, girl, whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah. so toned up. Sure. And then at the end, they're walking away, and there's like a <laughs> at the end. Oh, cool. And so she <laughs> super cool. Um, so she like DM'd all the cast members to be like, who did the whistle at the end? Because like we've reached peak quarantine. And Lamorne Morris responded and was like, it was me. And she was like, cool. Can you send me a video of you doing it to prove it? And apparently he did send her a whistle of him whistling. So oh, that's wild. I was wondering that. Uh, it sort of tracks with the Lamorne Morris, Morris story I have, but that'll be for the $75 patrons. Um, oh, nice. But all right, let's first talk about Jess and Nick end up in a phone store. A, a Verizon knockoff. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't get I it sponsored. First, <laughs> I at first was like, oh, this is so unrealistic when Jess is like, oh, it's like buying a car or a bra. You'll have it forever. And then I remembered, Akiva, the first time that I met you, which mm-hmm. is only one of two times mm-hmm. in person. We were buying bras and cars. Despite that I have a running conversation with you every day for my life. <laughs> that, that you uh, deny that happens. <laughs> can you blame me? Uh, your phone, how old would you say your phone is? Because um, I've no. seen your phone. It's seen better days. Oh, I have, a new, I have a new phone since the last time you saw me. Okay, well, how old was your last phone? Well, I had like old iPhones. I like the small iPhones. Akiva had a phone like a brick that was cracked and, you know, you, you think Akiva's playing a monkey. No, I never had a crack. I've never had a cracked phone. It was such a garbage phone. Yeah, but I've never I had a cracked phone. I'm very to like. I brought you to a friend's house who is a huge fan of yours, and I was still embarrassed. But I, I, people are, like, expecting me to come with, like, a like a, a bad, like, cracked phone, though, I think. People are expecting They would be disappointed if I, like, came and I was, like, all suave and dapper and had, like, an <laughs> well, iPhone 12. You know, that the number one trait of a suave man having mm-hmm. like an updated phone yes for sure <laughs> i like smaller phones i agree the, you I drop them less a, i no, i still have a seven because i don't want to get the big phone but like you had like a four yes i uh five a five whatever yeah i did what well, my kids have fancier phones than me what do you have now what do you work oh uh, I, I i'm an android i went back to android Oof. yeah did chester influence you I don't even is Chester even an Android guy? I don't I don't even pay attention to this stuff, I'm honestly. I'm not sure, but he looks like an Android guy. I'll you? say this. I think he I think he And is, I mean that as a compliment actually. I don't mean that as an insult. Is he he either I I think he is he like oh I have no Apple products or he only has I forget which one. He's like all or none, I forget. My dad was anti Apple. I think I talked about that on yeah. the podcast. Um I, no, but I used to be a no phone guy. I I used to really hate a, having a phone when I was working full-time from home i would frequently i know this sounds insane but i would like leave my phone 
in the in the dining room on a Tuesday, and I would get it again on a Thursday. I once lost my phone my junior year of high school, and like didn't want to tell my parents. Maybe they knew, but I would like didn't want to have to pay for a new one. So I just didn't have a phone for like two months. Which is like a junior in high school is like pretty bold. I was just like, no, nah, I don't need it. It's fine. Like I don't want to have to like do the time for my crime of losing it. Mm-hmm. And then I found it two months later. So it was like your parents. Did your parents notice? Hey, there's a zero dollar phone bill two months in a row. Well, I think you get the bill regardless. I know, but it was oh, I hear. But like you could tell the minutes, like a, like a real. You oh, know. yeah, my mom's got a magnifying glass on the phone bill when it's low. Oh, this seems too low. I have to look at my dad. This. My dad does. My dad used to send that stats when they used to do minutes. My dad would send that stats like so you're raised by Chester. <laughs> no, it's really like he's not like this in most ways. But for some <laughs> reason, right? yes, so, for some reason, he would be like, who's the winner this month with like 30 and also when you used to have minutes, but you could share them between the family. He would he would like like having me on the phone plan because I don't use the phone to call people. So it'd be like, well, Akiva had seven minutes this month, or three minutes. So are you the winner if you lose the lose the least, or are you the winner if you like took the most of your? The winner in his emails was like whoever was on the phone the most, but I was the winner yeah, in terms of, like be being the, the in terms of being the favorite. Like, oh, he, I, you know, he's not using his minutes more for me. Speaking um, of Chester, mm-hmm. um, we have a little bit. We've come to a, so Chester has gotten so into New Girl that he's now so far ahead. Oh no, I didn't know this. And I didn't, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but I didn't hear anything from Chester about uh, whatever I said about him on the last episode. Editing was such a pain in the ass, I didn't cut it out. Um, but Chester wants to come on to talk about what I will tell you is a game in New Girl called True American. Yeah, I've heard of it. Game. And Chester was like, has become so obsessed with this game. He asked me if there were rules. And, and I'll tell you, Akiva, like, no, there aren't official rules, but fans have made versions of it. And Robbie Freeman has asked if he could come on. And then Grace asked if she could come on. Oh, man. Robbie had asked. Now Chester is saying he wants to come on. So the gauntlet has sort of been thrown. Well, what a slap in the face it would be to Grace if you said no to her jumping Robbie. I said I told Chester that the spot has been taken. But I'm deeply afraid of Chester. So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not as afraid of Grace. I'll say it. Grace, I'm not afraid of you. Mm Mm-hmm. But who? But you're. But you're more afraid of Robbie I'm than not, Grace. I'm not afraid of you, Grace. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not. It's not about Robbie. It's more like, well, Robbie has has asked for the episode first, so I don't want to. It's not like I'm afraid of him. It's mm-hmm. just like doesn't feel right. Plus, in your contract to appear on Kickball Friends, he did. He did earn the right. I don't have a contract. <laughs> but um, but Chester is making is adapting the fan rules. To be a children's game to play with his kids. Well, I don't know the game yet, so I, it's hard for me to no, comment. What episode you, are we talking about? I'm just telling you that he is. It's in the it's in the twenties. Like we're getting to it soon, so we better figure our shit out. And I don't know if the answer is that like Chester can come on and do like a a side. What if we spin a wheel? Went with his kids. <laughs> with Grace, we say we do three parts: Grace, Robbie, and, and I would do Chester. that. I think that would be fun. Or spin a wheel. You like you, you like spinning right wheels, no, right? Spin, no, spin a wheel. Should we do it right now? I, no, let's do it next week. Let's make sure they all agree to these terms. No, let's do it right now. How would they not agree to it? Well, Robbie's going to be annoyed. Ro- episode. Robbie. Well, I think Robbie cares about good content, and I think he thinks it's funny that he's going to be a part of this. It would be funnier if he got bounced, I think, and we let him on a different episode, though. Well, regardless, I think he'll be think it's funny. And I think Grace. Could we do three? Could we try a, 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 a like a no, half no. hour, half hour, half hour? Oh, I thought you meant all five of us. No, no, no. Spin the wheel. Right, let's commit. 
to the the person. I actually think Robbie ended up wanting to come on the second time the game appears. I'm really spoiling here. Mm-hmm. But Puya's already locked in for that. So maybe if Robbie gets bounced from this episode, we will spin a wheel later between him and Puya on who comes on the next one. Okay. Let, let's why don't we why don't we postpone this till next week though? Nah, I have a wheel. I'm this isn't Renap where crap has to incubate. I act, baby. <laughs> I move. I was joking because I thought you would hate anything related to Renap and you wouldn't like the wheel idea. No, I enjoy certain Renap. I listened to this last episode of the Man- Dr. Amanda Rabinowitz, so it was great. I think you'll like the Family Matters one too. I think that was I'm too. gonna have to listen to it because I'm also a Chappelle, Chappelle completist. completist. Well that's it's hard to be a Chappelle completist. You gotta get up early in the morning to complete all the podcasts. So. <laughs> all right. Here we go. I'm spinning the wheel. You're committed to this. Okay. Grace, Chester, and Robbie for who will be able to come on for the first episode of True America. What about a, what about a host choice? Can there be a fourth spot called host choice yeah. and we decide yeah, yeah, next week? Yeah, yeah, But if it's you, and then we'll spin a wheel between Akiva. This is considering we were like, let's stay on track. Yeah. We have a lot to cover. We're yes. going to cut out our band. This is about like six episodes from now. All right. So I have a wheel in front of me. I have host choice. I have Grace. I have Chester. I have Robbie. All great options. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. I'm spinning the wheel. You can't hear the background noise. I'm not as fancy. Who is it? Are you going to insert it? It's Grace. Oh, Grace boy. Grace has won. <laughs> it was Grace by a nose. Chester okay. was right there. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations, Grace. Would have thought it would be one of the Jewish people by a nose, but keep going. <laughs> what will happen is, <laughs> that was good. What will happen is, Grace will be able to choose if she'd like to come on for that episode or if she'd like to stick with what she has, because I think she picked another episode. Oh, okay. And then we will contact everybody else to shuffle everyone around. So Chester now has upset the apple cart, pushed Robbie and himself (laughs) off. He split the baby. Neither of them got it. Um, I'm sorry, what? He split the baby. Neither of them got it. Yeah, well, you know, who would have been your choice? Uh, We'll never know. Regard, I all would have been a great choice. I'm excited about this. Grace just won the first NGOG wheel spin, probably not the last. It would be funny if Rob was like, what the F? Like, we invented wheel spins. How dare NGOG? Like, well, Allie. Rob's been ripped off by so many people that were the least of his concerns. Allie, you stabbed me in the back. It wouldn't be the first time. Um, okay, uh, let's get into the episode because there's so much to talk about. No more. All right. Let's make that a pack. That was fun, though. Was that, was, fun? that was a lot of fun. Uh, no more tangents <laughs> until the Garner oh, Minute. Keep <laughs> The Gardner Minute, how dare you, is not a tangent. It's not a tangent. It's not. But I'm saying let, let's make a goal, like, until the end of the episode. All right, you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell that. Okay. All right. So we talked with our phone shopping. Nick's got a $250 credit score, to which I think, you know. No, $250. The, the, That's, it doesn't go by dollars. I didn't mean dollars. Sorry. $250 mm-hmm. credit score. And, uh, the, you know, uh, Randall Park and his his uh, people at the phone store are very unprofessional about yes. this. Yes, you're crazy. I mean, there's no there's no phone haver, phone giver like relationship of 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 secrecy. It's wild. It, Matt Stewart says is Randall Park the biggest in named cameo. What does that mean? Like, what did he go? Did he have Randall on his name tag? Like unnamed, he probably meant. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Like he's not even big enough at this point to have a name, but then he becomes a big star. He's saying. Oh sure, probably. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, do they say Prince's name? I wanted to look at uh, who was the guy that just is on his shoulders at the party and see what happened to him. Oh, that would be like, funny. Like maybe that him. guy is that guy's like Chris <laughs> Evans now. Who's? Oh yeah, I, was, I thought you messed up. Um, Akiva, could you be? Could you see yourself as the guy with no phone? Could that be your thing? I just said I am the guy. I was for many years the guy with no phone. I 
would go days without having a no, phone. but you had a phone. But, like, what if you were unreachable? No, you you don't understand. I was unreachable. My phone was – it wasn't that I didn't know where it was. I, Let's it was, go back to that. Let's go back okay. to that. I would leave it you in, like, the living room, and it would die, and I would not care. And then it's harder to find also when it's dead. So what changed? Um, Just, when like, the structure of the my phone? day. Uh, now I, like, bring it to bed more often, my phone. You uh, should not do that. You should. We need to wean you. Meredith, so I can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to wean her off. We um, don't go to sleep at the same time ever. I suggested that for Mara's birthday, you were asking for ideas. Yes. If anyone has ideas, they can tweet them to you. Yes, please. That you get. Apparently, she likes jewelry. Mm-hmm. With good taste. That you should get her. I mean, you could consider uh, a coupon for weird for weird nerd sex. Whatever Jess gives. Uh, Genslinger, or okay. you could give an Ali from the editing room. I just wanted you to know that I immediately regretted saying that as soon as I said it. Anatomically correct heart, or two tickets to Sweden, or wherever it is. Yes, was it I Sweden? Sug- what was it? Sweden? No, it's like Norway or something. Iceland? Some- yeah, somewhere like that. You should get her a week a coupon mm-hmm. to one week. No Among Us, no podcasts. No Twitter. It wouldn't get it wouldn't get me anywhere because you basically just live life as a normal man. First of all, it sounds terrible. Week. Like I'm like I'm trying to avoid that. Um, I don't know why I should be punished Clearly. for someone else's birthday. Like, let me get them something, not do something for myself. That's about me. That's like making but the whole birthday about me. But objectively, you claimed that she wouldn't like that because it wasn't a real gift. Objectively, that would be the happiest you could make her. Yeah, but I think I would say it, and she'd be like, "Oh, you can't do it. I know you can't do it." Um, and you think you couldn't do it? I could do it in a second. Yeah, but we're different people. Like if you, <laughs> well, the people who could, sure. the people who could do it, don't would are, are the people who don't need to. Do you know what I mean? That's really sad, but thank you. No, but it, it's like it's like yeah, I could stop drinking because I don't drink. Like the people who need to stop drinking I are the people Twitter who do drink. Podcast. I do two podcasts a week. I know, but you're all like you're like you you're more time. functioning in society. You're higher functioning than I am. Well, thank you. I'm not going to disagree. But you know what I thought you wouldn't like about it? What? Is that it would like show what life could be like. Like you don't want to show her how much better her life would be if you got rid of all this extraneous crap. Maybe it wouldn't be. Maybe she'd be like, you know what? I don't like you that much. I'd prefer. What are we going to go on walks? What? What are we going to go on like a walk? No, you're going to, like, you know, help around the house, talk to your kids. I do do that. I mean, I think there's, like, a, With what car- time? a cartoonish version where I don't do things like that of me. That's painted. That's not really true. Okay, Is this even connected to the two-part episode of New Girl? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get back. to Well, it's sort of connected because Jess calls out Russell for not being there for his kids. I'm not calling you out on mm-hmm. that. Obviously, your kids like you a lot. Okay. So, Jess, we see Jess at school. I have to call out. Did you catch what was on the chalkboard? No. So it it, it ends up because, you know, Dermot Mulroney walks in as Russell uh, to talk to Jess about his daughter, who, as you said, is a student in her class. She's dressed up as Mr. Monogamy, and she's doing a sexual health class. On the chalkboard says, alternatives to intercourse. And the list is as follows. Get to know a neighbor. Tick slash lice check. <laughs> Change your email password. Look at pictures of STDs. Write a convict. Meet a friend for decaf. Watch Friday Night Lights. <laughs> and this made me laugh so hard. This is the first time I like paused to write these down. I was dying. 
Hello? Yes. Oh, I okay. thought there was one more. When you said this, nope, I... that's it. Oh, I, I, we were everyone was waiting for you to like drop the hammer, which <laughs> would have been Watch Friday Night Lights, which is funny. I like TikTok. That is very funny. Check. How old are these kids? Unclear. They're definitely in middle school. Did you ever have talks like this? You know, I went to a religious school, so I don't think we ever had anything like this. I definitely had health like my whole time, like fifth grade on. Mm-hmm. I remember two important stories. There was a, a you know gym teacher taught health. Yes. I asked Jordan Kalish if he teaches health. He was like once, but I didn't like it. Which can you imagine Jordan Kalish being your health teacher? Well, if Jordan Kalish came in and like taught us, told me about sex, I would never do it. That would be it. I would be <laughs> celibate the rest of my life. <laughs> that's so niche because like most people listening probably don't know mm-hmm. him. Yeah, but that's amazing. Okay, so um, <laughs> seeds, baby. <laughs> that really tickled me. Uh, it tick slash lice checked me. Um, so I did gym teacher. Who was like very like, you know, I don't know, whatever, old school, mm-hmm. like masculine guy. And he was teaching us about like breast cancer and mm-hmm. like breast checks. And he was like, like breast exams. And he was like, men can get breast cancer. Like someone like laughed because that was like in the textbook. And he was like, I have breasts. Oh. And that was like the funniest thing anyone's ever said. That is said. pretty it's funny. It's true, but it is pretty funny. And then in high school, for extra credit, when we had, like, a sexual health, like, more sexual health class, mm-hmm. I really don't remember. But I think I did. I was in a New Jersey public school. Like, I think we had, like, sex ed, like, STDs and stuff like that. And uh, we had to, like, look up how fast sperm traveled for extra credit. And uh, my dad was very, like, conservative as, like, a person. Just, like, very, like, his, his idea of, like, wearing sweatpants was, like, wearing khakis. And... My mom, like, you know, my mom, like, he couldn't give my brother the sex talk. Like, my mom had to do it. Like, he was just very, like, uptight about that kind of thing. And so I, like, came home and was like, oh, I was in high school. And I was like, I have to look up how fast sperm travels for health. And she goes, ooh, ask dad. That'll be hilarious. And I asked him. And he was like, oh, God. Like, why are you asking me that? Like, he was, like, so put off that I asked him that. Like, yeah, that's like, funny. Go to the internet. Oh, oh. Uh, so that's all I remember about health. So it was a big fail, probably. In terms of actual education. Um, yeah, we had a state-mandated health class. I, I realize now that they were just shoving them in because we had like a third of the year art, a third of the year music, a third of the year health. And I guess those were all requ- requirements for like, you know, regents accru- approved schools Wait, in New York. Wait, what was the third? Music, health, and what? And art, music, and health. Got it. Yeah. And they were all jokes. But the health class was taught by a rabbi to give him like an extra class to teach like once the like Jewish part of the day was done because we did Jewish part first always. Um and he smoked he was like out of shape we loved him but he was like out of shape and he smoked so he like his that, that implies that you couldn't love a person who's out of shape and smoked. no no it implies him, it, it implies that he shouldn't have, like he was like an insane person to be teaching health class he was like the least <laughs> healthy person we knew we knew and so like he came in the first days like smoke reds lights will kill you whatever whatever it was it was like which cigarettes to smoke uh and then he didn't have a computer in his house he was like a pretty religious rabbi so a kid in my class had to write the final for him and type it up. Uh, and um, so somebody else told on him, actually, in school, and he was very mad. And really, in hindsight, he should have been mad at himself for being, like, for not doing that. But only... But 90% of the time I'm mad, I should be mad at myself. True, but true, true. Like not but point. this is, like, it's crazy that he got mad at the kids for snitching. Like, he, he came into our room, and he knew, like, it was a group of eight guys that he was, like, close with. 
because we we had had like a, a a smaller class with him the year earlier. He was like our main rabbi, and he came into the room and he's like, "Which one of you, which one of you snitched?" Yeah, that's what you want to do with young kids. And I well, we were seniors and like we were seniors in high school. We were almost like literally Regardless, adults. That doesn't make. And sense. I said, but we were like weirdly close with him. And uh, I yeah, weird is the operative word. And I basically like said like nobody's gonna nobody we're not saying. And then like immediately people were like starting rustling like who's who who's the person who snitched because we all knew who it was. And then I basically said like let, can you leave for a few minutes so we could talk about it. And he called me he called me a spoiled five towns brat. Uh, that's, I mean, if the shoe that, fits. that's that's the the, if the, yarmulke fits. the neighborhood I'm from. Um, yeah. we, also, the neighborhood where the school was, whatever. If the tallest fit, <laughs> they keep saying Jewish things. Um, but that was my uh, health class story. I don't ever remember having like a sex talk in school. Um, all right, so this interaction doesn't go great. Jess is super awkward. Um, the guy is a jerk. Like, does this ever happen with your kids? Like, so Sarah in dream sess, like. Clearly, Jess takes sort of like a Montessori approach, like creative, dream sess, art projects. And Sarah is wearing doll heads and makes this like hideous portrait with like ripped apart dolls called At the Mall with Grandma. And he's like, Sarah will be opting out of this. She'll study with her tutor. Um, did, do you ever, look, do your kids ever do anything weird with their art? I feel like that happens with kids, no? Like they draw. I don't think so. I don't think we ever had like uh, a teacher call up and be like, Akiva draws his dad as like uh, an absentee father playing Among Us and there's murders on the screen. I don't think we've had any of that. I asked you what if Noam was asked what his dad does for a living, what would he say? Yeah, was I asked him. a quote from Noam? Or that it was, was a direct quote. I asked him. Oh, what, what was the answer? The answer was, I don't know. Why you? I have no idea why you asking me that. <laughs> you know what I used to say? So my dad was a lawyer, and I used to say he talks on the phone. Okay. When I was no, I'm that's saying, smart. So that's what I said he did. So that's honestly what he should say. You do. I'm surprised he doesn't. He doesn't say podcaster. I don't think he thinks that's a job, and also he doesn't usually well, see me. He's I'm not usually correct. <laughs> I, I think he's also usually asleep when I podcast. Well, he's been on a podcast. He's good friends with Dominic Sesternino, podcast royalty. True. I don't. I don't. I don't think he would think of it as, that as a job, though. I think he thinks of Does that he like among us. Dominic, a friend. I don't think he knows him well enough. I think if they like hung out like two more times, then they would be like friends. They, should. That they know be each other. This is Rob's son. Noam definitely knows who Dominic is, but I don't know like. Uh, well, I they've like talked and like they, do they actually play games together? Or you just no. have, like said it on a podcast. It's like a let's do lunch. Rob saying like we should. They ha- I think they play. They were on an Among Us session together very early in the Among Us days, but I don't think they. Oh, that wasn't that long ago. I remember when Dominic and Anthony. Were on. Well, the Among Us uh, era has only been two months. I know it feels like a year, but it's only we've only been playing this game for I think under two months. Let's make a prediction. Right now, we'll seal it in a podcast envelope. Mm-hmm. How long? How much longer do you think it's going to last? Well, I don't. I mean, they could make the game better. Like the thing is, they only have three people working on it. In theory, like they could really improve the game and make it more I fun. I think in January they're launching a new map. And yes. Who knows? Noam had a lot of time. Whatever. Nobody wants to hear our Among Us takes now. We can. We start in a fourth Among Us podcast for this. No. No. Um. Noam, what? Y- no, I, I. It's not interesting. Uh, do you think we could get Noam on NGOG? No, because I don't think the sh- the show is really Just like for him. Chat. Yeah, at some point, at some point during the run, we could get Noam. Absolutely. Okay. We get any of my we kids you want. Him. God, when we're done, Noam's gonna be like fifteen. I mean, I, if we like skip a month between every episode. Well, he's six now, and how? When are we projected to finish? I'm not sure. He's turning seven in like two weeks. And when are we projected to finish? I think in three years, two years. So he's gonna be like a. He he will be an. 
sufficient. He'll be too like, cool for us then, I think, to no, come on the show. No, he'll be able to watch an episode and talk about it. Okay. By the time we're done. Yeah, and Adira could do that now. Ella wouldn't be interested. Adira could do that now. Um, I didn't realize. Well, Adira, Adira's me. You know that, right? Like I'm, I'm Adira. She is me. Mm-hmm. You're raising a me. Uh, woe is to me. I think that. Yeah, good luck to you. I, th- I mean, I was nice to my dad. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, first of all, I didn't realize that, going back to New Girl, I didn't realize that Jess is a private school teacher. Oh, are we back to New Girl? Yes. Yeah, it's like, I feel like they didn't really flesh out, like, her job until, like, they needed to do this. Like, that he has a donor to the school. I was, so, like, yeah, yeah that, because I was like, why, I, it didn't make any sense, some of the things that were happening until I realized, like, why, what does donating mean? But yeah, I'm like, oh, this must be a private school. They never really imply that there's nothing about the school. It's not like a Catholic school or anything. Uh, I did love, so she goes to the principal, the principal's like, you gotta apologize, he's the second biggest donor, third largest donor, and she's like, I'll get a ragtag group of kids together, a little slut who can dance, a fatso, a Jewish kid with a keyboard, and she's like, you did that, it raised $60, but the I love the principal saying, your classroom's gonna be North Korea, math, 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 <laughs> probably offensive, but it made me laugh. That is funny. Um, uh, yeah. What do you think about the groveling? Honestly, I thought this was, like, too big of a deal. Like, I think it would be nothing. And I actually would feel like Jess would want to apologize to the parent of a student. She probably would. I feel like she tries to have a good relationship with every parent. I'm sure some of the parents, some of the moms, some of the more conservative dads, most of the moms are probably a little freaked out by how quirky and weird she is. You know, she's not a normal person. Like, her interactions I mean, are so cringy. About your, you must have had a lot of teachers in your kids' lives. I feel like she's not super atypical for a teacher. I mean, there's some my weird ones. Middle school teacher, she's nothing like that. But I feel like I've had teachers. Well, remember, I was a teacher, so I'm I'm also thinking from the other perspective, where I've I've done parent teacher conferences. You know, are you at? Have you ever had a parent teacher conference where you're like, this person's a wackadoo? Like, I don't care what they're saying about my kid. That they said it to me. No, no. Like, have you oh ever yes, my wife is very like, much like that. Like I don't really do them now, just because. The language barrier is oh, much easier. No, it's only it's really the language thing here because it's so much easier for my wife to to like have like a you know it's like a five minute conversation that's like high level Hebrew. So I don't really I'm happy to do it, but um <laughs> yeah, because you don't understand. But uh, yeah, her Hebrew is so much better than mine. Um, I, but no, I think my more interesting stories though are yeah I, once yeah every I'd say because the kids have like seven or eight teachers here every year, there's always going to be one that's like. You know, my daughter will be like, don't listen to what she says. She hates me or whatever. And it's like, my wife will always take the, the kid's side. My parents did not take my side. They would usually, they're, my mom yeah, has a school. Now. Yeah, my mom's a school. My dad's a teacher. They would always take the teacher's side. Uh, but my wife is not like that. And I know from when I, you know, when I was in her house, like her mom would, would you know, even if the, like, I, it was like very obvious the teacher was right. Like the school would be like, if you do this, you're suspended. And then like one of her siblings would do it and get suspended. She'd be like, this is an outrage. Like, no, they told you not to do it. Well, that's how she ends up married to uh, Kiba. I don't know what that means. But so but you run, a, you run a not tight ship and she ends up having a, a husband who stays up all night playing Among Us. And, well, uh, but my, when I had, she's pa- got tighten up. When I had parent-teacher conferences, my, my most difficult student who would soon after that be expelled for reasons that had nothing to do with me. Um, like I didn't want him to be expelled. I thought like he he was interesting, and like he you know he was a project. It was a, this was a private school, so like they are a lot easier. It's a lot easier to just like boot a kid. I think. I mean, it's harder because like that's you know a percentage of your income for the year that they're not giving you. So I both parents came, which is pretty unusual. You don't usually get both parents because you know a lot of times there'll be one parent home with the kid or someone still working. Both parents came, 
And I started telling the mom, like, I just gave her like five examples of like things the kid had done, which were all like completely outrageous. I wish I remembered like, them. What's one? Oh, not, not. Uh, like I think he like he he would say like really you know like like he would cur- remember this is also a religious school. He would like curse you know other teachers not, and it's me. It's not cool to cu- curse at teachers and non-religious. I know, I know, but the fact that he cursed like would be offend them. Not just that he cursed teachers. Obviously, that no, he- no, no. The fact that he cursed at a non- again a non-religious school would be objectionable. Not, not to the parents necessarily. Not to the parents. If you're running around dropping f bombs in public schools, that's like not kosher. Okay, either. fine. All right. I, I think cursing is a is a higher level in like the the world I grew up in than in your world. But I could fine, be wrong. But you would get. I'm telling. You I understand. You I don't. I never. I understand. Anyway, I, I'm trying to think. But he did really bad things. But I just don't remember them. All right. So let's move on. Go ahead. And so I told them, and like the dad was like acting super weird, like not engaging with us at all. And the mom's like, he, like, he, he, like, you know, he really, like, supports the son. He can't even, like, hear this. He, like, physically, he can't enter his ears that this is, you know, that this happened. Like, he he just can't acknowledge that it happened. Do you think my parents sided with me or the teacher? I'd say your mom sided with you. Your dad would side with the teachers. But your mom was probably more involved. You think my mom, who's a teacher, oh, was yeah. with me over the teachers? I, I think Get real. Yeah, that's I forgot she's a teacher. It's yeah. like North Korea in my house. Math, math, <laughs> math. Yeah, but your mom's not a math teacher. You don't end up as a lawyer when your parents side with the you over the teachers. But it was probably we so much easier for your parents just to side with you. Like, and then you're just, you just, because you'd probably I make. I even argued with my teachers. So I got, I, if I got in trouble, which was almost never, like, I felt terrible about it. I don't like to get in trouble. Right, I don't think you were a big troublemaker. That That's also no, what I was going to say. My mom worked in my school district. It would be a big problem. If I, 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 for, I wish I knew that kid's name. I could only imagine what he's up to now. I don't think it's good right. things. Well, I'm glad, considering your history with kids on Among Us, I'm glad you can't look up your students. He's okay. 33 now. You know what's amazing? <laughs> Winston, I think, has a He's great, older a than you. great moments. Yeah. I think Winston has a couple great moments when Jess is, is sort of consulting the guys for their three approaches and how she should handle this. And Winston, I just love, he's like, first of all, great line saying that Nick has the credit score of a homeless ghost. And like, what does that even mean? But it's so funny. And then Winston's like, someone... I just want someone to suggest a simple apology. I know that's not where we're going, but I want to be on record as having said, just apologize. I like probably Winston's strongest moment in the season for me. Yes. So far. Yeah, no, this is really good. This is Winston's, uh, I think, best step. And we get we get a really off the rails Nick. Like you suckle suckle on the teat of consumerism. He's very anti-establishment here. Not that that's a super new look for Nick, but I feel like this is the most like anti-establishment that nick has been off the grid is nick left this like wouldn't would lick would nick be like dsa now if he was around i don't even know what that means oh sorry i thought you were like on the internet sometimes anyway like red rose twitter what does dsa mean red rose twitter i don't know what any of this oh my god do you like work all day what is going on I'm, i'm not ashamed to say when i don't know something okay what is it uh, like the like uh, like democratic socialists like Bernie, but it's like an organization. I think Nick is like I don't I'm not political. I mean I forget he might this might come out because I told you there's an episode where they talk about the election Trump. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's very like I don't care, but 
I like have these like crazy conspiracy theories. You know, like I don't think he like makes it to vote. Like he's organized enough to register to vote, but he like mm-hmm. thinks he gets it. And it's scary what he thinks probably. Um yeah, I forgot the normies don't know like all these weird inside Twitter things. What do you think? about next politics uh, I, I agree i don't think he's a classic leftist also like they were much less common eight years ago than they are now um uh, I, I think he's more like anarchist type like neither side or something um, um but well can i ask you a question about nick because again like I, like I said he doesn't really he has the least strong storyline of like the least he, he you know he doesn't really get a storyline um is it weird like a bartender can't handle the liquor to the point where he's like I mean, we don't know how much he drinks, but he's just, like, hallucinating and throwing up and stopping the car. Like, I thought a bartender, like, has to handle their drinks, especially a bartender who drinks. I mean, drinking's, like, not a requirement, a job requirement, drinking to excess. Are there sober bartenders? I mean, probably, but I I just, like, I don't think you need to be able to, like, handle, like... That's not a test? ...binge drinking to be a bartender. Okay, fine. I mean, yeah, like, I know what you're saying, like, your bartenders, you, like, buy people shots and stuff. Like, Coyote Ugly tells you the great film coyote ugly that you always need a shot and a beer she's like what does that mean and it's like you take the shot that the customer bought you and then you chase with a beer and you spit the shot into that beer bottle but one time she like accidentally gave that beer to a customer and she got in trouble um i haven't seen coyote ugly in a really long time but that sticks with you yeah of course who who would who could forget coyote ugly and that particular scene no would you watch it i would of course get back to yeah i would watch it Right, I mean, uh, I but I gave you homework last week. Did you do? Did you watch? And Mike texted me today and said, "I just I took a walk with my friend Mike, and then when I got back to my apartment, I got a text from him that was like, just got to the part of the podcast. I've put it down on our list. War Dogs to watch.' Okay, so when you watch War Dogs, I will watch Coyote Ugly. It's it's but I think, one for um, one. Fifth Wheel Navi watched it and said not so great. Uh, yeah, I listen. You're still. I it's different. I think I not. It, you'll like it more. It's like two yeshiva kids. You'll. It's different. All right. Oh my God. We're here. Forty five minutes into the podcast. We're not even scratching the surface of the first. Let's scratch. Let's scratch the surface. <laughs> All right. One of my favorite parts of the episode is just just is on her way to make this big anti capitalist speech to Russell. Her car breaks down. The fancy man shows up to help. And what I love about the scene, the genius of it, is that Schmidt and Nick are still on the phone listening. To her conversation. Is someone awake? Yeah. Mom? Can we get them on the pod? Who is that? Yosef? Yosef, mom, mommy's in her bed. Go to mommy in her bed. Can we get Yosef on the pod? No, he just woke up in the middle of the night. Job? He must have been. Yosef, get him what's over your here. face? No, the kids don't answer. Like, Do you know how kids work? Get him on the mic. Get him on the mic. No, he ran away. He ran away. He went to. <laughs> he ran away. Like he, went, he went back right. there to, to my room. Get him on. He's still there. No, he's out. All right. I'm not. <laughs> Mommy's in bed. Go wake her up while I have to deal. Well, with he's her. crying for her. If I literally picked him up right, now, like he he just woke up in the middle of the night, he would be he would be like, I want mommy. Your kids again. I played that. By the way, I played that part of the podcast to my mom when we talk about how I wasn't allowed to wake her up, mm-hmm. and she adamantly disagreed that she would send me back to bed. She said that sounded terrible, and I was like, Well, it was true. So we people black things out. Yeah, I, uh, oh my, but he really likes me. Just in the middle of the night, if he wakes up. I think you're kids like you i'm not no but he i'm saying he likes me the most of the four but if like when he wakes up in the night he wants he wants to go into mom's bed plus mom is asleep well, you've established a well why would he want to sit with you while you talk about new i mean uh, the, some of the like noah might noah might come and like hey what are you doing well let's right. play among mom's us a G. Mm-hmm. all right so let's get to this so i love the device that 
Nick and Schmidt are listening on speakerphone yes. while Jess has this conversation with Fancy Man. Mm-hmm. Schmidt says, this guy sounds like a matinee idol. Did you know what that was? Yes. Or do you know what sure, that is? Sure, of course. That's like an old school like uh, movie star. T- or I guess matinee. Yeah, like a movie. Like he's got movie star looks. Like he's got a movie star quality from the olden yeah, days. Yeah, so I looked this up because I didn't know what it was. Cary Grant. It's a term used mainly to describe film or theater stars who are adored to the point of adulation by their fans. The term almost exclusively refers to adult male actors. Matinee idols often tend to play romantic and dramatic leading or secondary leading roles and are usually known for having good looks. What's great about that is, is that what Dermot Mulroney is as like an actor? Mm, no. Dermot Mulroney, he's, not that he's famous, a second banana. Like he is, but he's got the look of that kind of Yeah, person. he looks, he's a good looking guy. And you know, there's always the- He's a swoon star. Yes. There's always the bit of Dermot Mulroney versus Dylan McDermott. And so like he, he does suffer honestly from having a bad name. If his name was like Zach Zackerson, he would get more roles, I think. That's a better name you think? Zach That's Wallace. Terrible. If his name was Zach Wallace, he'd have more roles. Like if he had a- this, Wait, I want to look up, who's the other person you said? Dermot Dil- there's a lot of bits about Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney. I think there's like- I, I need to look him up. Maybe at the Emmys or the Oscars one year, they had a song about it. Yeah, but but Dermot Mulroney's got everything all day over this guy. Um, Dermot Mulroney's married to Catherine Keener for a long time. Are you not getting like? Are you not getting the appeal of Dermot Mulroney? No, I like. Is that lost? on Yeah, you? it's lost on me. Sorry. Are you, right, you're the guy who like can't find guys. Attractive. No, no, not at all. Just not him. Like I don't like douchey guys. He's. You think he's a douche? Yeah, I don't like him. And I have good taste in men. <gasps> I mean, Catherine Keener put up with him for 17 years, so he must be something. Divorced in 07, married in 08. Hmm. I wonder if there's any funny business going on there. What do you mean? Well, it's not a long time. He, not a long. He was divorced in, on December nineteenth, oh seven. He got married in oh eight. I'm just wondering if there was any funny business. He had a kid in oh eight. Probably. Probably. I know it looks like they were separated already by oh five. So maybe, uh, maybe it's okay. He's still married to that woman from oh eight. Yes, he is still married he's, to that he's woman. He's here for the long haul. Has he lasted longer? So he was married for seventeen years. If I'm doing the math right, to Catherine Keener. Mm-hmm. And he's been married since 08, which would bring us to 12 years. So he hasn't quite lapped himself yet. No. And let me ask you a question. I can't believe you don't see that he's like such a cute so guy. He, and Russell, like you say he's a douchebag. Like, yeah, Russell has this one douche interaction. And that's sort of my problem with the episode is like he's this douchebag at her office. And then suddenly from when he helps her with the car on, he's like this charming guy. So, like, why was he a jerk at the office? And then, like, nothing happens to change it. It's not like he gets to know Jess better. He, like, immediately is a nicer guy at the car. What are you, what are you spraying? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Go ahead. Answer. <laughs> if you had responded, maybe no one would have heard that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I just, just like a general take on this guy. Like, I, you trust this person? I would not trust this person at all. Russell or the actor? Russell. So, so again, I don't trust that he's a jerk. He's a complete jerk to her in the classroom, and then for no reason at all shifts to being it, a nice guy. It makes no sense. Car. It's like, oh, you know what? We want to do two episodes with this guy. His agent just said he's available for next week for two part. Let's. No, I don't think they changed. <laughs> I know, but I it's a joke. But it's like, what? It, it, the character shift is so sudden. Like huge jerk well, to like sweetest guy. Because they need a reason mm-hmm. for her to. 
to see But him. keep consistent like character traits because we know like I know that she's not going to marry Dermot Mulroney. He's not going to be in 9 seasons. He's not like even a comic actor really. Like How do you not Because know he's I don't think he's there and therefore like he's going to end up they're going to break up because he's a douche I'm sure at some point in the next episode or in 5 episodes what whenever. About, okay, but I feel like you're really clinging to the one part of the episode where he's a douche. Like where else in the episode is he a douche? It's just weird that we like it weird it's weird that he starts as like insufferable and then is like the nice super nice guy and he has no bad characteristics the rest of the two episodes well in the classroom i do also think and, and again i like that we're tracking this with new girl that like just does have an outburst that's inappropriate like where do we track genslinger had that nick had that like jess has an outburst that is very inappropriate for a teacher to do to a student's parents to be like well i talk to her every day do you talk to her because hiring a tutor is no replacement for parenting like that's completely inappropriate and and out of left field for just to say i think to any parent yeah Especially in a in a like uh, this private school with like it, th- there's going to be a big donor. They're going to be like, no, 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 you can't speak that way to Mr. Fancy Man. You know. All right. So in a true fancy pants move, Russell, totally the hero in this situation, gives her his cars. Like, drop it off at my house. Like this weekend, I'm having a party. I love Schmidt and Nick here. Schmidt being like, what kind of car is it? Does it have a push ignition? Tell me it's not a Prius. And Nick's like, we're the ninety nine percent. Yeah, it's pretty funny. By the way, uh, I'm enjoying it. Schmidt, Schmidt created trivia. We talked about Schmidt's characteristics last week. Like, would him? Uh, would he? All right, we're jumping to the next storyline, but go ahead. Yeah, I'll go with you. listen, there's a lot to get to, and we don't, you know. Well, we're, I'm trying to keep us here. Go ahead. Isn't that I'm out of character Sh- for Schmidt to be like the that world's greatest trivia person? Not that he's smart, but like, have we seen any inkling that he's like a trivia, an incredible at trivia, like Jeopardy level good at tri- trivia before this? I mean, I don't think we need to know all of his character traits. Like, I don't think we've seen anything that would establish that he's not great at trivia. Like, I think if Nick was, like, somehow a trivia savant, we'd be like, what the heck? But I think Winston or Schmidt could probably be Fair. good at trivia, and we haven't we haven't learned anything counter to that. And, in fact, it's like, you know, Schmidt's a try-hard with a pushy Jewish mother. So, like, it sort of tracks. Um... Yeah, okay. I, I hear you. We have a lot of bar trivia questions. So Shelby's back. They're at bar trivia. Shelby's very impressed by Schmidt's skill in the trivia domain. Kelly says, let's talk about bar trivia. Best team names, your best categories, how intense are you about it, your strategy for assembling the best team. Give me all you got. You bar trivia guy? You, like, I like it. You're not a big bar no, guy. No, I'm not a bar guy. I, when I lived in Manhattan, I did go to bar trivia a couple times with friends, but I think you're going to have to answer these questions. Okay, so Kelly, you know, Kelly's my real friend, so sort of inside. So I had a trivia team in college that I totally glommed on to. That's actually Mike and his housemates. Uh, So four guys and me, and then I brought the Gentile in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I did everything in his life. No, I'm just kidding. That's just for Mike and Kelly. Um, But uh, we went weekly, and we always won – and these are some of the best guys at trivia ever. And we, ha- what I think is key for bar trivia is having diversity of topic interest. Sure. So, like, this guy, Dave, is a freaking genius. And if you have any concerns about the vaccine, I, I definitely talk to Dave. He knows everything about everything. But his, str- his strengths are, like, science, the military, uh, like... all science chemistry like all of that kind of stuff engineering whatever and then just general knowledge we got jack his specialty is sort of like geography international stuff real big fan of space 
all of that. And then other stuff on literature. Mike and Marcus are sports guys. Marcus is like heavy sports. Mike also is like a history and geography guy and general knowledge. And then what was great about law school trivia, which is not so great in normal life trivia, is law school was a pop culture wasteland. None of these people watch TV. None of these people watch reality TV. So I'm normally useless in bar trivia because everybody knows more about everything than I do. Like, I know a little bit about stuff, but most people know more about every topic than I do. But none of these fools knew anything about reality TV. And one of my proudest moments was there was a question about the challenge that I obviously got right, and I was the only person in the bar in Ann Arbor to get this right. How do you like that? I like it. That's pretty good. And they were all like, wow, no idea what this is. And I was like, I do a podcast about it. And she was like, cool, <laughs> like, go away. Um, in terms of team names, that's one thing where they lacked. Like, they had a lot of things they thought were funny that I didn't really get. You like something topical, you know, whatever happened in the news that week, you show up with a different name. Mm-hmm. Um, how intense are you about it? Very competitive, but like, oh, my biggest rule, and this is how you survive bar trivia. Is 50% of it's knowing the right answer, and 50% is making sure your right answer gets on the paper. So, like, if you're wishy-washy about it and somebody else picks your, a different answer, you can't be like, I knew it, I had it right, and fight about it. Or, like, you know, yell at each other. So that's how I sort of, like, free myself from that, is, like, if you didn't push to get it on, you weren't really that confident, so you don't get credit for knowing it and getting it wrong. That's how I feel about bar trivia. Uh, Matt Stewart says, do either of you do bar trivia and which one of you would be the ringer? I think you, Akiva, definitely have a deeper knowledge of most things than I do. Probably better, better recollection of facts. And definitely you have music on lock, as we have established. I don't think I have it on lock because I don't know pre-90s music. You listen to every new album. Yeah, but I don't know pre-90s music that well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I have strengths, but I, I'm not like well-rounded. I don't know anything. What are your strengths? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you my weaknesses. I know nothing about science. Um, I don't know. Like my strengths are uh, sports, obviously, pop culture, and uh, I like geography. Do you know what my biggest weakness? I mean, my biggest shame story was what? is we did trivia with my law school professor mm-hmm. uh, during the summer, and um, there was a reality TV final question, and it was like, it was either like rank. No, I think I got that one right. One was like rank these four in order that they premiered. There was some trivia question about reality TV, and my professor floated the right answer, and I was like, I don't think it's that, and we went with a different answer, and he was correct. It was the the Harvard-educated law school professor was right, and I was wrong, and we didn't go with this answer. That's funny. But I think also, like, that sounds like a hard question. Um, nah. Anyway, um, I like how Schmidt jars himself. Yes, and we have not had a jar in a long time. We had two quick jars here. We hadn't had one in many weeks. And I like again. I think they really do trot it out at the appropriate amount. I think if it was every episode, we'd be sick of it. Uh, yeah, I agree. You almost forget it happens, and then just when you forget, they bring you back in. So we get more Elvin. You like Elvin? I mean, quick, quick uh, bits with Elvin, the new uh, kid that uh, Winston part-time nanny. Yes, for. yeah. We there's a callback right to the old Elvin. What do you mean to the old? Like there's a callback to to our old friend Elvin. I'm saying that he's sure, sure. And yeah, Elvin is. I mean, he's there. Yes. Is it a callback Elv- if he's there? Well, we hadn't heard from him in a while. Elvin is is right. he gets Elvin to quiz him on uh, on trivia questions so he can uh, dominate next time. I don't think that's how it works. I think it's more of like a lifetime of knowing things rather than like you can study some things, but I don't think you're just going to dominate by studying. 
I do like how Elvin says, uh, get fake glasses to look smarter. They were They were for me. That's a very funny line, yeah. He's the fake glasses kid now. Do you know who invented the T formation, if not the Green Bay Packers? Uh, isn't it the Chicago Bears? You think I looked it up? I just thought you would know. Well, wh- where's sure. that from? Duh, Bears. Uh, one of the que- So Winston's sort of wiling when they go back to the bar, and he's like not making it fun and not doing well. And Schmidt's like, the Green Bay Packers did not invent the T formation. Uh, and he says something else that Winston said that was stupid. So I thought, who did invent uh, it? You know, somehow I missed I missed them talking about uh, old school football. Okay, well that's okay. We have plenty of times to to move on. Yeah, but it is the, it is um, definitely the Bears. The Bears like are the are like the sort of the Yankees of early football. So any any old answer would basically be them. So this story wraps up with basically uh, Shelby saying like I didn't I don't need a smart guy. I want you. They decide to like be exclusive and Schmidt has very funny call outs while they make out. Like please be careful with his mustache. It's very delicate. Mm-hmm. I hope you're better in bed cuz your street work is Street amazing. work. That's funny. <laughs> like pe- ranking people street work is very funny. <laughs> uh, what do, what is uh Winston's vorb? I think he's got pretty high. High vorb, high vorb. Uh, if he gets no a job, if he gets a job, yeah. If he gets a job, then he he'd be good. Like I, I like. He's definitely the most normal. He's, so he's the most normal. I like the idea of like someone who has this like interesting past career as a basketball player, but he needs to get the new career. He needs to lock down a career before he has decent right, vorb. So he's got high vorb potential, yes. but currently probably low absolutely. Vorb. He's a prospect. He's a vorb prospect, but right now his vorb yeah, is he's very an low. Up and coming high vorb mm-hmm. guy. I would agree. Um. All right, so let's get back to the initial story. Uh, they have a conversation, Justin Cece. And to me, I don't know that this rings true to you, Akiva, but my God, this completely rings so true. Where Jess is resistant that to the idea that someone like Russell could like her, and she says, he's the type of guy who has a linen closet and towel warmer. You know me. I'm only attracted to guys who are afraid of success and think someone famous stole their idea. I like an underdog. Did you think I he mean, was talking to you? Did you th- did you think Sorry. do you think she was talking to you when she said this? No, I feel like I could say that. Yeah, I would agree. Guys who are afraid of success, probably that works. <laughs> yeah, like it's like it's and I have conversations with my female friends all the time about this. It's like it's scary to date a real guy. That's scary. Like I think that's extremely relatable. Mm-hmm. Like imagine if a guy could go tip top toes with you on something. Well, no, not even, not that. Like, that's not what it is. It's just, like, it's scary to be in a relationship, like, where she's, like, you know, Cece says, like, you're intimidated by him because you wouldn't have to take care of him. Like, Spencer wore jellies. That cracked me up. Mm-hmm. Kelly says, how did Cece give such great dating advice to Jess, yet only dates losers with face tattoos and Schmidt? Never mind. Just typing this out made it seem like I'm calling out Allie and myself. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I do think there's a very real thing that women go through who are dating that's like it's scary to date the real guy who could be the guy Mm -hmm. it's less scary to date the guy who sucks sure because like well that's not going yeah no stakes shout out to the ladies struggling to date the real guy i obviously cut and paste that line to missy and was like oh my god just just said this and now i'm dead Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but all right, so Jess brings Nick to go to Russell's to prepare to hate rich people. They should talk around his house. And Nick immediately is overcome by attraction to the office. What did you think of Nick, how Nick acts? And it's stupid, house? but it's funny. Like, it, it, like I, it's not, like, relatable, but it was a really nice office and it is funny. By the way, they're at Russell's house for, 
a barbecue, which is also black tie. She shows up in a green dress, like looking nice, but also like very out of place because everyone it's else a is black tie. It is. That's the whole point. Russ is not wearing no Russ whatever. Is wearing but a it's like, down. but it's it's black and white. Everyone there is wearing black or white, except Jess is wearing green. Like they made they do that on purpose. I'm going back to this because Russell's wearing a blue shirt. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure that everyone is like she like there is like a brief scene. I where only she, have eyes for Russell. Where she looks at herself, as your audio just completely changes. Um. A barbecue cookout or something else? Because she... I call it a barbecue. Okay, me too. But he wasn't having a barbecue. He was having a party. Yes, yeah, so it was a party. She, he says barbecue. I thought for a second, like, oh, she's going to be the only one. It was like a setup for like a one-on-one date, and she weirdly brought Nick. It's not addressed how weird it is that she brings Nick. Do you know how... I don't think it's that weird to bring she's the, But she's the teacher. The like, you know what I mean? She's coming as almost as the teacher who's like, you've yeah, done well, a favor no, for. Yeah, well, no, it's weirder if he invites her as the teacher. Yes. I think. I mean, can you date? But, can you date the? What are the rules? Like, can you date the? Well, we have a question about mm-hmm. that. But I just want to say before we get to that that I was very impressed that Russell was actually grilling. I thought he would certainly have. He was having caterers. Like, it's a good call. I, I was it's a very good point. Serious. And he pulls off. He pulls off the apron. Let me tell mm-hmm. you. Ooh, looks good at the grill. Yeah, that's a good call. But back to Nick really quick. First of all, I die how he's like, I want to sit at this desk and veto a lie. Uh, v- sorry, veto a law. He's got great lines here, Nick. I feel sexually proficient for the first time in my life. I don't think it's that. Is it relatable? Not exactly. He's over the top. But I do think it's relatable to sort of like be satisfied with where you're at, like barely getting by, no credit score, whatever. And then see the life that you could be living and be drawn to it and maybe motivated by it. Like, wow, these are nice things. I've never had these nice things. I've rejected these nice things, but this feels nice. That's sort of what I think was happening. So sure, the fact that he would, like, put on Russell's sweater and hat and, like, make himself at home is ridiculous. But I think the general idea that you don't know what you're missing until you've, like, been exposed to it is possible. Right. Okay. I want to kill you because I respect you. That's how I feel about you. Oh, that's so nice. That's the nice thing anyone's ever said to me, honestly. Can we talk about the craziest thing that, like, uh, one, like this insane thing that that uh, Russell does? That who's that he says he's forty two and they make it like he's sixty. Yeah, no, the, um, no, she's having trouble with the bidet that she's just playing with, not u- actually using. And like, there's a lot of noise. She's like screaming in the bathroom. So now a woman he, he barely knows is having trouble in the bathroom, and she comes in without knocking. Like, there's no way on earth that's gonna happen. Like, why is the door not locked? Fine, but that's that happens zero times out of a million. That's actually a great point. Um, also, bidets are really having a moment right now. I feel like this was very ahead of its bidet yes, time. Yes, for sure. But they're just like, what's a fancy thing that we could have a mishap with? Oh, a bidet. Japanese bidet. Yeah. I love that he's like, you turned it up to six smiley faces. I've never gotten past three. That's funny. <laughs> a lot of great lines. I came in here and it smelled like Shakespeare. Then we start getting the idea that he's a sweet guy and he likes jazz because he says, like, when I was your age, I was living off selling my own blood. I'm sorry. Again, he's not that much older. This must have been instant success. Jess is 30. He's 42. Like, he acts like they're 22 and he's 45. Like, it's not that crazy. No, I'm with you. It's wild. They make him seem like Um, he's 100. But he gives him the sweater, he gives him the iPhone. And Nick says, why are you being so nice to me? And he's like, well, you're Jess's friend, right? Again, like, not douchey. He's so sweet. He likes her so much out of nowhere. Maybe it is. My only theory on why the fancy man likes Jess is that it's 
she clearly cares so much about his child and all children, and that's probably attractive to someone who's a parent who cares about their child, Mm -hmm. and that she gets his daughter and in a way that he could never. So I feel like that's where the attraction comes from. But otherwise, it's very thin to understand. I mean, she's beautiful, but like, it's very confusing how he switches so quickly to liking her. The, again, his character traits are, are very flippy floppy. He moves up and down. And without Nick here, I don't think Jess ever goes back to him because she leaves and he's like, he smells like strong coffee and going to see a man about a horse. Be a grown up. He likes you. Like, go in. It'll be good for you. So, like, without Nick's support here, I think she's not dating the fancy. Man. I think that's that's. that's what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think Nick is like the is is, is sort of the go between here ultimately. Um, but all right. So they're gonna go to dinner, and again, it's like, should I text you? No, I'll call. Like, he's the mature guy that Jess has never experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get calling great... is a deal breaker, though, right? Oh, I love. I call. I talk to my friends. I mean, you call me call. even, and it's like not frequently, but you have yeah. called me. It's like I was gonna say, yeah, I like to talk about things in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the phone. I am not, or I leave a voice memo. Uh huh. Yeah, I like voice. I do like voice memos. Um, but I'm not a big phone person. I like no, you what? do. I like I like you. You do this, and like uh, other people do, which is like, can I call now? And that's good. But I hate when someone just calls, and then like a lot of times I don't save numbers, so I like answer, and I like. Won't know who it is, but then they'll like they'll be like shocked because they've called me a hundred times already, and then it's like, oh, now I have to like try and spend this whole conversation trying to get out. It's gonna be twenty minutes of me squirming out of this conversation. I also don't save numbers. So that's pretty funny, but no, I mean I do the can I call you to you because it's unusual for us to talk on the phone. There's a time difference, and it's through WhatsApp. But like it's it, it's all modulating for your friends. Like I don't like I have a friend Terry who I call all the time. We call each other all the time in quarantine. And like, if she doesn't answer, no big deal. If I don't answer, no big deal. Mm -hmm. Like there's no stress to answer because she's expecting a call. Okay. Melissa, I'll call her, but I'll usually text her something and then call right away. And she's like, you literally never give me enough time to look at the text you send before you call. You, I say, can I call? I mean, you like have supposedly responsibilities in a life. True. And a family. Uh, that's what I meant by responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Sure. I thought you and meant like life. Among Us. You had like to I separate. Have to you have a responsibilities of life and a family. True. I think Two family jobs. falls under both of those. <laughs> All right. So they set up a date. Nick has a great segment at the end of just like running, running lines at the desk. Um, Niamh says, in what world is it okay to date your student's parent? This is what you're getting at. Don't most schools have a code of ethics about this kind of thing? Akiva? I don't know. I, like it, it, it never came up anywhere I was. So I'm, it's a good question that I don't know the answer to. Yeah, I don't know this. I've had teachers who married each other. Like I had two teachers who got that's married. much different. But I don't know about teacher. Well, you think it wouldn't be? You think it would be? That's a coworker. I guess it's a conflict of interest to date. Yeah, but like, like that's sometimes frowned upon. Sometimes, yeah. But I think schools don't really enforce that stuff. Well, you got to imagine now. Just as the Russell's kids getting an A. You're getting a raise. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Probably. I hope we have Seinfeld fans here. All right. Woo. Let's get to part two. I saved all this shit for the end. So let's get to part Mm -hmm. two. One hour and 10 minutes into the podcast. A longer podcast for a regular episode. Yeah. Let's get into Let's part rip two. through it. I think a lot less to talk about in part two. It's yeah. more, yeah, it's more like plot heavy, right? It starts off like how the date go. We have a little flashback. He patted her on the back. 
What do you? Oh, you want to skip that the house guest is urinating? Oh, I mean, I was just going out of order. I was going to go do that and then, and because that's sort of like a flashback to the last episode before Dirk. Okay, well, we'll let you lead through part two. I'll take your. Okay, so yeah, uh, so he she gets a backpack. She's like, not even a front pat. Like, you know, does he not like me? What's going on here? This is weird. Well, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I think you. One of the things in our drills, missing our running, is like a big factor is what happens at the end of the date. Yes. Does the guy say we should do this again? Does he say when can we do this again and make the date? Does he say nothing and just say this was fun? Bye. What? Yeah. What's a like, clear other than outside of like the obvious like uh, them like outright saying like yeah let's be friends or whatever? What's a clear sign that there's not going to be a second date? So you know what we have learned, and you know women can come, men or women can can disagree, but I have found we have found in our collection of data. That men sometimes, and I've talked to friends about this, feel obligated to say we should definitely do this again. We should definitely go out again when they don't mean it. And they'll say like, yeah, this was great. Let's do it again. And then they just don't follow up. This isn't just like me. And I've had people say let's do it again and they do follow up. But like one of our biggest things is like there's no need of men out there. There's no need to say Let's do it again if you have no intention of doing it again. And I've talked to friends who are like, yeah, we just feel like we have to say it. Yeah, I, I get it. Which is crazy. There's no need. It's you much could, easier you to see someone again and just say goodbye. I think it's much easier to uh, like break up not in person here after the first date. It's like. But if you have a first date, there's no need to break up, and there's also no. But need not to literal break up. It's like day. you are breaking up. You are like because there, there's an assumption like you're either going on a second date or you're not, and you have to make a decision. It's like they don't want to make the decision in front of the person. But you can also say nothing, and that also doesn't mean. So like I had a date with a guy who said nothing, and I was like, okay, like cool, whatever, and then he ended up texting me and asking me out again. And look, I'm the same. I do the same shit. I was like, oh my god, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of ghosted because I'm a bad person. Right. But I learned a lesson. I was like, that was not good. Oh, I, I like, think I remember I that guy. I made a mistake. Yeah, I, ma I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. But so I'm saying like all the stuff I complain about, I do. And that's like all dating. Sure. It's all circular. Like you get what comes sure. to you. But, um, but yeah, like that would be my one thing is like the, the backpack, whatever. Like you don't need to say anything, men of America. Just leave. You're not speaking to Canadians right now. We have many Canadian listeners. Well, no, Canadians are nice. Ah, okay, fine, fair enough. But maybe but, nicer here doesn't work. Maybe they'll never cut it off if they're too nice. But that's what I mean is, like, you don't need to say anything, and you could still decide later. Like, saying nothing and just saying, like, that was fun and leaving doesn't mean you're not going to respond. Like, that's just nothing. So what we've learned in our drills is that if someone says, that was fun, we should do it again, that that's actually a neutral response and means nothing and could mean you'll hear from them or could mean that you won't. Okay. Did you even ask me about this? I just feel very strongly. Yeah. No, people like hearing about your drills. Trust me. Um, do I think so. Are you being no, I think they do. Well, I, I'm out here. So, like, I'm out here doing the work so you don't have to. Perfect. You're like, um, what's that guy? Kinsey, but just for, like, first dates. I'm what? No, nothing. Forget it. Let's keep going. Okay. Um, I... So you go ahead. You're leading. Okay, so yeah, Dirk. He's like a he's a douchey person who's sleeping with them, staying at their house while <laughs> he's staying at their house while he gives some lecture at the local unnamed college. He is Schmidt's friend, but also no, he's not. He's Nick's law school. Oh, roommate. he's Nick's law school roommate. But Schmidt seems to like. Doesn't Schmidt have a relationship with him too, or no? Well, 
Well, they know Dirk because they've known, like, they're friends with Nick for a year. I think So he's only new to um, Jess. I, I think we've all had this where it's like you know someone from a different friend group that you, like, especially if you used to know them, like a high school friend, a college friend, a, you know, a grad school friend. But then it's like years later and you're like, oh, this person rules. And then, like, you, you sort of, they mix friend groups and everyone's like, ooh, this person is a zero. Like, get him out of here. And I think that's what Nick has this episode. He never has the realization. Because even at the end, when he thinks he's dead, he's like, oh, he's the smartest, coolest guy ever. Well, Nick has weird taste. True. But do you know what I mean? Have you ever had this? Like, I had a friend when I was, like, pretty young that I, like, remember thinking was really funny. And then my friend ran into him, like, had to spend, like, a vacation with, like, with him, talking to him. And said, like, oh, like, he, he, like, has never advanced beyond, like, you know, seventh grade or something. No, I have impeccable taste in people. I know so you knew within when you were 12, like, all right, this person's going to not be annoying when they're 20. I have always had impeccable taste in people. Okay. Do I disagree? Do you disagree? No, but, like but, but like, there's, you're going to have to be stuck with some clunkers in your group along the way. I know when someone sucks immediately. Well, but they did. The point is, they didn't suck when they were twelve. They suck it now. A common, no, they always sucked. You just didn't yeah. know. It, it's a common occurrence in my life to be like that person sucks, and everyone's like, "No, I love that person." I'm like, "Okay, cool. Like that's fine. Like they suck, but it's fine." And then a year later, everyone's like, "You know who sucks?" That part. I'm like, "Did I say that? Like, you were right. You were right. Like I always know if someone sucks." It's my sixth sense. My yeah, sixth sense. Right. And by the way, that's why you're still running drills for dating. <laughs> Well, not in a dating. Okay, so in dating capacity, you're and, and you're honestly, Akiva. And my Akiva, do I not know when these people suck? Yeah, sometimes you keep them around for a long, long time after, it. though. No, 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 I just don't do it. True, true. About it, okay, fine. I'll I'll accept it. that answer. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> I do love. Yeah. Wait, I just love the Tony the Tiger style, naked with a kerchief. No, no. What do you call top? Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the yeah. Pooh. Paddington. Really, any kind of. That's band. funny. Alvin, Simon, Theodore. I. Love that was very it. funny. Um, meanwhile, the third sort of storyline going through here is that. Well, wait, should we? Me- I feel like we should mention Martin Starr. That's a big deal. Okay, yes. Freaks and geeks. You're not a freak. I am. Guy. I am. I forgot it's Martin Starr because he's wearing like some sort of wig, right? <laughs> he's got a point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Martin Starr does a good job in this episode. At he plays a, a douche very well. Meanwhile, uh, Schmidt is uh, is try. Cece's really trying to get Schmidt. Usually, it's the other way around where Schmidt's trying to convince Cece. Here, Cece is just like desperate for Schmidt. She wants to do something called the horse trough, which sounds completely repulsive. Um, uh, and, uh, d- well, you're, you're doing a Kiwi, a Kiwi guy, digest. Mm-hmm. Right well, no, I'm getting to like the good stuff. Uh, I think, <laughs> I think her reference, his reference to, to, uh, the ladies as Harold and Kumar here does not hold up very well. It doesn't. Um, but, but I think we need to set the stage that he, CC insults him in front of everyone, but no one knows she's talking about him. She's right. Like, Martin Starr, Dirk actually has a very funny line where it's like, "Someone left your face. Someone left your door open. Someone left your face beautiful." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I'm seeing someone. Oh, I'm definitely the boss. Oh, he's your sex secretary." And that's really what gets under Schmidt's skin. Uh, yeah, I hear you, but I don't know if that calls for like uh, this like racist joke, basically. And no, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm moving swiftly yeah. on from that. Right, joke. and and he has another line, <laughs> even probably even worse later in the episode. I'm saying that's why uh, he's declining her. Right. Hits. Okay. That's yes. Why there, she, there is. He has to work true. So hard. There is context there. Um, meanwhile, the uh, you you take this over. You're better at like going through the episode. No, no, I'm liking this. I'm liking um, this. they they talk about like dating boys versus men. Is that a thing? Like you're just going with boys, but you're looking for a man. Well, I 
I think that kind of goes along with the whole thing is like Jess is afraid to date like a serious guy, a guy that she could be serious with. I think that's I don't love the like boys versus men thing, mm-hmm. but it is like, you know, the real adult. He's got his shit together. He's got a life. He's got a j- career. He's got a house like none of the guys in the loft. You know, they're living with four roommates at 30. Like he, you know, no disrespect to that, those people. But like Russell's in a, on a different field. Right. Oh, yeah. He's playing a different sport. Absolutely. He's major leagues. Maybe. Yeah. These people are, you know. Hoping to get into the minors. Little league. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the Aunt Frieda Seder line? You look like Aunt Frieda Seder. Oh, that killed That's me. That's very funny. <laughs> Absolutely killed me. Um, meanwhile, Shelby is is going to Mexico for a bachelorette party. He, wh- does she not say she's going to Mexico? Like, I think that's, he, he doesn't realize at first where she's going. And then, and then eventually... Well, what does it matter? He thinks she's going to Vegas. It's not, not that. No, no, no. Because, but, it, the, but the tricky thing is because they're in L.A., they drive to Mexico. Are they going to Tijuana? I'm not sure. Well, no, they fly. They fly. Yeah. Because but still, like, they're not going airport. to Cancun. He's not driving from L.A. to Cancun. It, it's, it definitely doesn't hold up that he's driving, but, like, he, I think the implication is that he's, like, driving through the night to get True. There. But he only says it's, it's been, like, two hours now. before. But he's not even at the um, the border yet. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, while he... Well, wait, let's pause yes. so I can say Please. something. Please. Shelby, I think, very strange. I don't think any woman wants to be told by her boyfriend she can't go to a bachelorette party. Shelby seems to imply, like, I won't go if you don't want me to. And that somehow it's, like, an indication that Winston's not taking her that seriously because he says, like, no, go. We could use some space. I agree that the space line's offensive, but, like... It's really, it would be bad for a boyfriend to say, I don't want you to go to a bachelorette. Yeah, that would be, that basically means I don't trust you, right? Yeah, it's like very controlling. Well, you know what's even more controlling, arguably, is the boyfriend showing up unannounced at the bachelorette party, which is a destination destination party. Yeah, it's like, but she wants that. Like, that's sort of unhealthy. I don't, I don't co-sign that. Um, I guess. I mean, the the tricky thing is their relationship is so new that they don't it's they don't have a strong enough sort of bond to like know that they're going to be able to get through it. And part of it is also like it's so new that they're going to miss each other. Do you know what I mean? I think this would really be sort of the are you seeing other people conversation, but they already did that storyline with Nick and Julia. So this is sort of like the other version of it is like, oh, I told you to go on a trip with your friends. Uh, shoot, but I don't mean see other people. And then they sort of have this, like, let's do this, I love you, we're serious now. So, like, I think it's it's sort of like a define the relationship, but they have to do it in another way because they've already done that. Should the average life. boyfriend on the street be nervous when their, like, very new girlfriend goes on a bachelorette party to, like, Vegas or Mexico? No, because I just, like, don't believe in that kind of thing. Mm. Like, I've heard stories. go out with your friends. No, but, I don't know. Anyway. No, you cut out. I didn't. Oh, okay. Know. Well, then it wasn't so important. I mean, I'm going to hear you on the edit. And then I'm <laughs> okay, gonna fine. To, like, Sorry. Stop and record so I said, sh- well, which part didn't you hear? The, should the should a guy be nervous when his when his. No, I responded. OK, to that. I obviously. Oh, just sorry. Didn't hear okay. Whatever the last sentence you said. Remember, was. it's 439 a.m. for me. You got to got to come okay. me a little. Um, you you chose this time. I, I know. Well, listen, they don't play football uh, anyway. I can't believe Merritt doesn't like that you do this. podcast. <laughs> um. I think that um, I know I've heard stories where, where the other way around where it's like where it's like you should be nervous in like a new relationship. But I don't know. I mean, if you're nervous about someone taking a trip with their friends, like you're probably they're in a But that's what I'm saying. It's a very like this is a very new relationship. I don't mean like somebody's wife going. I mean, like, I don't know. Anyway, not interesting to me. Uh, 
My dad famously fell asleep at his bachelor party. Like, he drank too much immediately and, like, passed out and missed the whole thing. Was it, like, at a bar? It was, like, I don't remember, but my mom was just, like, I think it was, like, a friend's apartment in the city. And my mom was, like, I have nothing to worry about. Like, he immediately, like, fell asleep in, like, the first, like, 20 minutes of the party. That's very funny. Um, Go ahead. No, I want you to take over. No, no. You're I'm floundering here. I'll just tell you to be quiet. No, you're doing amazing. All right. So they talk about the pet. Do you think that's like a big deal? Like, you know, they had you. I talked about the end of the date. Like, I think she. they had a kiss and he sort of like jukes it. And I love Schmidt's advice here. The moment a woman touches her phone, she loses her power. Yeah, that is funny. Um, is that true? I mean, you never really dated. But like, yeah, is that is there true? I don't know. Like, you would you would know. Should text first oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, again, I've never dated. I'm the last person to ask. I have controversial opinions about this. Every time I say something, I feel like Kelly's going to be mad. But, like, look, we're in 2020. Yeah, a woman can and should ask the guy out, text them first. Like, I'm not saying that that's not true. I am saying that I think a man, generally, if he's interested, will express that. So I think when you text, it's not going to – someone told me this. A, a woman named Kate told me this in my late teens before I went to college – and it was the most genius thing that anyone's ever said to me, which is like, if a guy likes you, he likes you and he'll like hearing from you. If a guy doesn't like you, he's not going to like you anyway. So texting him is not going to make him. It's not gonna ah, that's a good race. So like either way, you could do whatever you want because the guy either likes you or he doesn't already. So that's pretty freeing advice. But I do think a guy will reach out if he likes you. And so, yes, you can ask guys out first. There are plenty of marriages I know who started because a woman, like, took the reins and was like, I like you. Do you like me? And he was like, oh, yeah, I was too nervous. Like, great. So that can totally happen. But if you go on a date, I think the guy's going to make it clear if he likes you. And if he doesn't, you can, like, you know, most of – I've had my pride saved numerous times by not reaching out to the guy because then it's like, well, maybe I rejected him because I never Perfect. Yeah, I like it. History but, doesn't have to be you know, written. that's very old. I'm setting women back a lot by mm -hmm. saying that. You also can reach out to the guy and have success, but that's sort of my personal mm -hmm. philosophy. Um, okay, cool. Uh, what, what do you think about what do you think about the professor party? <laughs> you know, it'd be nice if we like engaged and like. You know, I, I'm engaging. I'm engaging, but you're not I engaging. Just, you said okay. Well, I cool. just know nothing about that. You know what I mean? It's like so out of my element. Oh, oh, oh. Akiva recently said to me, who knows guys better? Me? But I don't know about dating guys. I know, like... Well, that's what we were I know, like, about. trusting guys, like, what... We were talking about dating mm -hmm. guys, and you claim that you know no, guys I kn better than yeah. me. Maybe I, I should have clarified a little more. Well, no, I didn't believe you, so it's fine. <laughs> All right, go ahead. No, I got... I No, uh, what do you think about the professor party? We said teachers shouldn't date insane, insane. insane. Absolutely. Teachers shouldn't date their uh, their students' parents. What about dating? What about like uh, dating the random students? No, that is the grossest thing. This ever. guy sucks. I mean, he's not like a professor. Right. There. He's like a guest yes. lecturer. But his Even worse. Philosophy is that like young girls like I like the tie-in that like Nick is the fancy man mm -hmm. to a college girl, so like he likes being in this sort of powerful position as the older guy to a girl who like doesn't know anything. Mm -hmm. So it's like gross, but I can understand that. And I like it as a foil to sort of his response to Russell. Um, but no, absolutely disgusting. Um, Dirk is actually my least favorite character that we've met thus far. I hate Yes, Dirk. he's probably the worst um, person we've met. Irredeemable. He's like literally disgusting and irredeemable. Yes. 
Um, we got a lot of questions comparing Dirk to Benjamin. Yes, that would be the that other I didn't person. pull apparently. So They're I'm both sorry, on Mount Douche. Stuart asked a couple people said, "Who's worse?" I, we need to see more of Benjamin. I feel like we've seen... They're both really bad. It's comparing, you know... Dirk is gross. Benjamin is evil. like... He might hit on you in a bar and you can like swat him away. Like he's also horrible. Mm-hmm. But Dirk is like gross and like taking advantage of like young and pretty Yes. Women. They're both terrible. True. Why am I defending like Benjamin? They both suck. Um... Yeah, so this guy, yeah, this guy's terrible. By the way, did you, like, Nick, they're, like, so impressed that he could pour drinks and they're in college. I think the implication is, like, they're above 18 but under 21, right? Like, they're legal, but they're, like, children. I mean, I think the show would want you to believe they're above 21. Why? But, like, you know, in college, like, you don't really know this, Akiva, but, like, in college, even when you're 21, you drink, like, I remember there was a bar in Chicago called the, I just hit my microphone, can you hear me? You're good. Okay. There's a bar in Chicago called the Mark II Lounge. You had to take, like, a cab from Northwestern to go to. So it was, like, you know, a real bar. And, um, and like, they had a special on, like, amaretto sours. So, like, everyone's drinking, like, these disgusting amaretto sours in, like, a plastic cup. Like, you're not, even when you're 21 in college, you're, like, not drinking, like, good cocktails, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that I don't think that like, yeah, they probably were under 21. But like, I don't think you need to be under 21 to appreciate like a guy who knows how to make a cocktail. Like, oh, that's cool. He's got like a shake. Like he can make a real drink. Like, that's cool. Even as like law school before, like I had friends who like my friend Drew can like really make a good cocktail at home and like has like a whole setup. It's like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I, I thought that was the case, but I, I could be wrong there. Uh, and then eventually the party goes back to the loft. Which uh, gets pretty wild. No, the party is in the loft. Um, that whole thing's in the wait, loft. Wait, isn't there like a first part where they where they start somewhere else? Or am I crazy? No, they start at the... They come up to them after the um, presentation. Mm-hmm. But I think the whole thing's in oh, the I, loft. Uh, well, who yeah, cares? who cares? Uh, back, to, back to Jess uh, on the day trying to be in a, a grown-up in terms of man versus boy. Yeah, so she ends up asking him out to the second date. With, which, with Russell, I think, was the right move. He really likes her. Yeah, I love that that she says, uh, like, her idea of grown-up talk is, what do you think about the Beatles? What do you think about the Beatles breaking up? He's like, I was one. That was so funny. Were you so upset when they broke up? He's like, I was one <laughs> years old. That was, that was funny. And then That's like me talking to yes. you. What did you think about when the Beatles I don't like up? the Beatles, so I was happy. I know. You he, uh, why does he leave? He just, like, leaves the date then. Well, they tell you later that it's because it was his ex-wife and his daughter was having an asthma attack and he didn't pack her inhaler. So that's why he mm-hmm. leaves. But he he handles it totally wrong. Like he it's sort of unrealistic. He later says like I don't know how to date. It's been since 1982 that I was on a date. I'm nervous. Like I actually don't have it together. But I'm sorry, no one leaves a date just after she says why didn't we kiss last night? He doesn't get up and say here's money for a cab and money for dinner. Got to go. He says, my daughter's having an emergency, I have to go. Like, the only it, problem is she's like so annoying, she might be like, can I come with or something? Like, she might not know boundaries, but yeah. Well, no, it's inexcusable that that he Yeah, I agree, I agree. No, I, I agree. It's it's crazy that he can't say, like, there's an emergency. Even if he just says, like, there's an emergency, a family emergency. Is she the only child? We don't know, but I, I guess assume so. I don't know. Again, we never meet the kid, which is weird. Um, Don't tell Akiva. We're going to meet the kid. And then, 
So we talked about the party already. Russell ends up showing up at the loft. We don't know how he knows where she right. is. Right. That's a good point. And Russell ends up designated driving everyone home. Nick gets Nick does say to her as he gets out to vomit, says to him, like, she's not normally like this. She's one of the good ones. Which I think really Nick is the reason that they're together. Yes. Bo- on both yeah, sides. Yeah, he is helping out the relationship. I also, like, made a note how funny it would be if she does end up dating Russell. Like, the idea of Russell just coming to the loft to hang out, he seems so out of place. Not just when there's a college frat party, but even, like, on a random Tuesday night. Yeah, no, agreed. It's weird that he's even there. Um, so, yeah, so, like, that's sort of how that segment of the episode ends. And I do think we talked about asking for permission to kiss. I think this is an example of a sweet moment where he says, like, I wanted to kiss you. Gross. He's like, I want to do you. Gross. Mm-hmm. But he says, I forgot how to tell when it's the right moment. And then he says, like, what do you think? What do you think about now? Is now the right moment? Like, that works. I think that works. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't come off as douchey. He comes off as a decent guy. Uh, I like that, like, Dirk is... They forget that Dirk is there. Like, the audience has forgotten, so it does work when they're kissing. And, like, Dirk is in the kiss, basically, like, moving her face or something. Dirk is a real creep. <laughs> Dirk is terrible. Yeah, his hand gets involved. Um, all right, let's talk about Winston. So, Winston drives to Mexico, as we already took issue with. Cece and Winston are in the of back the at Fantasy Location number yes. three. Um, we got a couple questions about Winston singing to the Wicked soundtrack, Defying Gravity and Popular in the car. I didn't pull the name of this person, so I deeply apologize. But Winston ends up being my favorite character, and I feel like him singing Wicked in the car is the first glimpse of the character he becomes. Do you like Winston? I think Winston has a very strong showing in both of these. Yeah, we've already characters. agreed with that. I mean, I have no opinion about Wicked, but yes, we agree that Winston has a great one hour here for sure. I'm, can I drop my take now? Oh, I think New Girl maybe should have been a one-hour show. If you're going to like dive into the drama, that even if it's like less episodes a year, I think maybe it works better. Like The storylines are more fleshed out. This was the best outing we've had. And, you know, If you combine the two episodes, maybe New Girl should have been 60 minutes. Okay, counterpoint. Mm-hmm. I think both of these episodes are really good as standalone. Okay. I mean, it would have uh, been... Do you think they're that much better by having them together? I think that's like a whole story is told between the two episodes. Huh. Okay. There you go. That's a hot to. I, I mean, if you make it two episodes, then like Dirk just comes in at the beginning of, you know, the beginning. But other than that, it's not hugely, you know, and then maybe you cut out the, the phone storyline. It's not super important either. Like that doesn't really. Well, people who listen to the challenge podcast, not you, but people. Who I listen, listen when I, um, when I'm up to date they, on the show. They, uh. I like a half-hour sitcom. I don't think I like New Girl as much if it's an hour. That feels like a lot. You know what I'm burning through? I've watched nine episodes of The Mindy Project Ooh, in the last two days. Is that our next series when we're done with this? Ooh, I love The Mindy Project. I am Mindy, so that's kind of depressing. But I Oh, really? Were you always a Mindy Kaling fan? Um, I really love... God, that feels like forever ago. What show did she just uh, produce? But she's not on? Right. I don't remember the name of it. Right. No. It's Oh my god, it was so good. It's on Netflix. Tiger King. What Google this cuz I want to know okay, what it's I'll called. Okay, I'll Google it. Mindy Kaling Netflix. Never have I ever. Yes. Okay. It's like a teen it stars like um an Indian girl as like the in in like high school or like so she's not mm-hmm. it. But it's based on her but life. It's fantastic. It's really good. I I mean I don't think it's like autobiographical, but like I think you bring in your own. Sure. Stuff. Okay, that sounds fun. Um, it's really good, and I obviously love The Office, but I just never watched the Mini Project. 
And Puya, when we were doing a tier list, he included Mindy, and he was like, you should really watch it, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Those were the two shows. It's interesting because Mindy Kaling herself is very famous, but Mindy from the Mindy Project would almost not be famous enough to, like, make that list. It was six seasons, but it, it went to Hulu. I know, like, but do you know what I mean? Like, I feel starting. like most people don't know her characteristics. Mindy from the Mindy Project. I mean, I didn't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, the most of the people on that list would be much more well-known. Like, you, it's much easier to rank them. To like an audience. Um, yeah. Well, I love it, and she was criminally low. Now that I've seen it, so I'm gonna have to rectify it. Mm. Uh, speaking of rectifying, uh, what a great transition that makes no sense. Let's talk about the mambulance. Well, we didn't answer. We we have. Oh, okay, fine. Sorry. Ashley says, "What are your go-to alone in the car house songs to build?" I, I we're not so drivers. You, like are doing great transitions, and and I. Ashley, we're not drivers. We're not drivers, but I was singing along to Defying Gravity and Popular. I'm a big Broadway mm-hmm. nut. I was singing along and crying watching One Night Only on Broadway, which is the benefit they did on NBC that was fabulous. Mm-hmm. So Sounds definitely terrible. Broadway. But I'm a terrible singer, and I'm a worse driver, mm-hmm. so definitely not. For but me. if you did have a car, what would you sing in the car? Show tunes? I mean... I mean, I like. I was always a radio person, or my brother would maybe make a mix. But what's like, your f- probably not show? What's your favorite part. play? What's your favorite Broadway show? Hey guys, Allie from the editing room. I've edited out about two, two and a half full minutes of me answering this question in just like the most pretentious sounding way possible. Um, all you've missed is Akiva making fake snoring sounds to the at the end to to indicate to me that i had gone on too long we talk about that all no that is interesting um i miss theater so much it hurts like i normally wouldn't have engaged in that mm -hmm. conversation because i know you didn't care but like oh my god it's like devastating it's like if you still didn't have sports i think that's a very good analogy i would i would not be here anymore if i didn't have sports so yeah, like, I mean, it's not as a regular, like, theater wasn't True. as a regular because it's, like, a real privilege to of go course. to theater. It's yeah, like, sports are almost 365 so, like, nights a year, except, like, after the MLB. It's All-Star. like if you couldn't watch sports on TV and had only been able to go to live Interesting. sports. Interesting, okay. And Hulu has live sports. Um, let's talk about the, the Mambulance for a second. So, sure. so Winston drives away to go to Mexico to get Shelby. Unbeknownst to him, Shelby's going back because she feels the same way. They're flip-flopping. She's coming back to L.A., and Schmidt and Cece are in the trunk when when they drive when he drives away. That is a, like a nice smash cut to them, where we realize that the uh, mystery location number three, fantasy location number three, is uh, the back of his car. Why didn't they use that location when they were looking for a place to have sex two episodes ago? I think it wasn't it brought up. Wasn't that when didn't they discuss doing the car or something? And then they, it was nixed for some reason. And Schmidt is like, I'm not going to have sex in a car. But Cece's saying, like, let's do it. Right here. But so, yeah, but she's no, also no, implying no, it's no, his no. fantasy location number three because she's trying to get him to go. That's what I'm saying. It's good, so it's kind yeah. Of well, listen, we're w- there's a lot of holes in the in the plots here. <laughs> um, and uh, they they have to pee. Like it's it's getting really bad. And then finally they get to Mexico. The uh, mech, the customs officer flips the trunk, says, hey, you don't have anybody near your shore? And flips the trunk, and there's a half-naked Cece and Schmidt. Great reveal. Uh, Winston's acting is really good here. Lamorne is just completely shocked out of his mind. Like, what's going on? He, like, almost wants him to... Well, I love the customs agent saying, how do you explain this? And he's like, I can't, sir. No one in the entire world can explain that. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, and, uh, what do you think of the fact that Winston knows now? I mean, that's sort of the, that's the big matzo ball going forward. Yeah. That's a big matzo ball. 
Uh, the whole world is like uh, it has been thrown into into chaos. Also, like the episode. So I like the episode. Uh, to answer your question, are we going to see Mr. Fancy Man again? I would think we will. But I think in the next time we see him, it's the end of the relationship. That's my guess. Isn't it weird, though, if you're assuming and, and going by Akiva's rules, if the epi- if the relationship doesn't end, then we're going to see them again. So, like, assuming we will see him again, mm-hmm. let's say. Isn't it a little weird that they do a two-parter with the Fancy Man? I guess the idea, it's like the two episodes it takes for them to get together. Yeah. I also think part of it is but like, we want to end, we want to like, the the main thing maybe in the writer's room was the long-term is the Schmitzy thing. But that's not why you have it a two-part episode. That doesn't even come up until true, the second true, true. part. So, so, like, my thing is, like, to me, it's very strange to have a Fancy Man part one and two that continues on into other episodes. Because, like, why is, is the ne- maybe the next episode will be Fancy Man Part 3. It's just not coming Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer. And I, from what I can tell, scrolling through the names of the episodes, just looking for Part 1 and Part 2 going forward, uh, there are no more 1 and 2s throughout the course of the series. Why are you looking I just looked like, is there a 1 and 2? I didn't, there, I was not spoiled I on anything. I told you. I told you. They're very I believe there's none, though. Oh. Well, we discussed that the, it's... Like the sister one, two, and three that we were going to do together. Oh, okay. And I was not spoiled by anything. I was literally just like... Get out of there. Get I was out, out of there. there. I was out of there. All right. Uh, Justin Ramsey said, which was better, part one or two? He says, for me, the Nick at the Death Stinger at the end of part one is better than anything. In part oh, interesting. Uh, I mean, part two has a better ending. Um, the I don't know. It, it all, Honestly, I watch it together. It all blended together for me. I watch it together. I think part one is, is stronger. Yeah, wall, I would agree. I think there was more meat for us in part one, so I'll take that too. All right, let's get to Kiwi Guide. Kelly wants to know who won the episode. She submitted two answers. For part one, she said, it's Nick. Every single sentence he says this episode is pure gold. If the first half of the pod is just the two of you reading Nick's lines, that would be okay with me. Then she listed a lot of the lines. Uh, honorable mention for Winston for the credit score of a homeless ghost and look there's Mesopotamia lines and Jess from only attracted to guys who think someone famous stole their yeah. idea uh, for part two she thinks Jess she's so funny in the kitchen scene the party scene um, and then Russell says he wants to give it to her good so yeah nothing further yeah either. I'm gonna say Nick in part one Winston in part two I think Nick Winston has a better episode in part one. Yeah, but I think Nick has some really funny lines. The very beginning of the episode is really about him, even though it's not a huge, hugely tied into the rest of the of the two parter. I think Nick wins the first episode, and I'm going to go with Kelly that Jess wins part two. Okay, fair. By the way, uh, Mazel Tov to Kelly. She's officially a producer on the show. She followed me on Twitter. She so now, Twitter. Did you follow uh, me back? oh shoot, I did not. I don't think. Wow, she's a big Chiefs fan. Huge. Oh, okay. A lot of Chiefs. Good. Content. All right. I'm happy. I'm 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 up for that. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, um, uh, you know, Kelly is officially a producer on the show. She could put it on her resume going forward. Um, uh, she's like very good lawyer. I don't think she needs to put. This not needs to. I think it would be even funnier if she's a good lawyer. That that like this is on her producer of of the most popular, the third most popular she's old good, guy. Podcast. She's a do gooder. She's uh, she probably doesn't want us to talk about. Her okay, fine. She does she does good things with um, her degree. As wow. Supposed to. She's a, she's a, in the what else do we have to get get through? Justin Ramsey bringing us back. I would have totally forgotten. I'm glad he brings us up. He says, "Fancy man, Vorb, please." But also. You need to pull out your boyfriend rankings because we got someone to add to the list, mm-hmm. baby. You have that. You have access. To I that do. I do. Well, give me one name so I could search for it. Um, I think we put Nick on there. Yeah. Well, 
I might have a lot of nicks in my in my uh, Gmail. Okay, um, I forget Benjamin's friend and oh Spencer. Spencer, yeah, I don't have a lot of Spencers that I Jewish inbox. No, I have none. Um, Spencer, not really a Jewish name. I'm trying to think of. I've known Jewish Spencers, but I would agree with that. All right, so here is the Jess boyfriend ranking so far. Okay. And you're keeping track of mine separately from yours. Yes, I have. I have both. Uh, No, I am. I am. I am. Uh, I have I have Paul, Spencer, Nick, and Peter. You have Paul, Peter, Nick, and Spencer. Okay. Um, I'm I'm moving this guy to number one. I like him better than Gunslinger, obviously. Can we call him Fancy Man so we remember? We're not going to remember the name Russell in a few episodes. I won't, at least. I mean, I'll remember Russell. Fancy sure Man. All right, so number one with a bullet. Put Russell in parens. Put Russell in parens. Yeah, in parens. Huge Are you horror. impressed After that I still had it and I was able to find it relatively quickly? I mean, yeah, you got one job on this podcast. My face is my job. <laughs> All right. Yosef, what's your face? What's your face? He usually will answer. If he's not, like, just woke up in the middle of the night. What, he just says, my job. My veda, my job, my veda, my job. Yeah, I'll say it. You know, walk around saying <laughs> I've been putting that at the end of the mm-hmm. episode. I put it on last week, too. Um, what else do we have to get to? A huge astronomical vorb. Yes. I mean... Maybe that he's 42 and she's 30 is a drawback, but I don't know. Compared to Genslinger. Yeah. I mean, listen, he, might he have a temper or something? I'm concerned long term about that from the. You're concerned. Why do you think? Just from just from very, like uh, he, he sort of broke out. I'm always you should always be nervous as a, a you know, dating a fella like check. The, I think that's like an underrated thing because a guy could be good at keeping that in check for a while and then it busts out. And it's like, ooh, that's scary. So like. Well, you think I should be worried about that? I have a bigger temper than probably oh, ever got every guy. True, but I, I don't. I'm not talking giving you spe- specifically advice. I'm just talking to everyone because I do think he like goes too quickly from zero to sixty in the classroom. He's like too douchey in the classroom, and I know like I keep harping on that, but it's something to be to be wary of. Anyway, yes, I agree. His vorb is very high. The ceiling for that guy is through the roof. The ceiling is the floor, as Michael okay. Jordan once said. Um, all right, a couple things you already talked about where they're going to see him again, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to implement um, Brian's uh, method of skipping the Kiwi Guide, but I do have some relevant ones to talk about. Dirk, do you think we see Dirk again? Yes. Okay. Uh, any context? No, or I think he's a good yes. enough character. I think we see him again probably. And then inspired by Hannah Shapiro, and I've never thought about this before, but I want to do a chemistry check on Shelby and... Winston, because you both famously thought they had no chemistry. What, yeah, no, I think now they do, but we also they weren't together you. much during this. It's more of a storyline, but yes, I think, uh, yeah, I think there's a possibility for very strong chemistry. I like Shelby. I wish we got more Shelby. I think Winston does a better job than Shelby, and I don't know if that's intentional mm-hmm. or if it's just like if Winston's supposed to be more into her because she screw- got screwed over by him. Or if he's just a better actor or what. But I feel it more on his side than hers. I hear what you're saying. I, I, I would agree. So far, that's what we're led to believe. But his side matters more than hers because he's part of our universe. And she's, as far as I know, just floating in right now. And if she becomes a regular, then we'll get her side of the story. But right now, she's not. Okay. I have now put one minute on the clock. Oh, no. Because we have reached my favorite part of the episode. Okay. The Garner Minute. Are yes. Uh, okay. Earlier in December, Jennifer Garner busted out a pretend cooking show. Hashtag pretend cooking show. She made sweet potato pie because Once Upon a Farm was celebrating Giving Tuesday by launching their partnership with Save the Children and their newest blend, Farmer Jen's Sweet Potato Pie. It's her grandma Exie's beloved holiday recipe, but no sugar. 
Uh, what does it include, you ask? Graham Axe sweet potato pudding pie? If you want to make it at home, Jennifer Gardner's version without sugar has four to five sweet potatoes, one, a half stick of butter, one tablespoon cinnamon, half tablespoon of the following things, ginger, allspice, and nutmeg, a quarter tablespoon of cloves, one teaspoon of vanilla, two teaspoons of salt. Mom adds three cups milk and two eggs. Jen doesn't. Directions, peel sweet potatoes, cover with water, boil, then simmer until tender, drain. Preheat oven to 350, mix sweet potatoes with spices. I use the recipe to start and then add more pour into a b- buttered baking dish. If you add mom's... Egg and milk you bake for an hour. If not, just heat through add marshmallows and watch closely until browned. Yum. Seven or open pouch once upon a farm's organic, no sugar, add sweet potatoes equally as yum. That's it. Now, I should technically apply four more min- seconds. Okay. Yes, I got four seconds next time. Okay. I should have. I didn't know what yeah, to do. Yeah. I, was, I you, thought I was out of time. Ill- you, you became like I couldn't even understand what you were saying. Uh, my biggest question about it is. She doesn't add eggs and milk, so she's got a thick pie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about cooking. I bet Jennifer Garner to do the whole recipe. <laughs> it was it was definitely funny. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Thick pies save lives. Because we don't have any five star reviews. I think actually, I think no. I we got no five star reviews, so people hate us, and that's fine. If you want to let us know what you thought about our two hour episode. Uh, you could go to anchor.fm slash new girl, old guy. Um, let us know what you think. Um, you can always leave questions for us. We're going to hopefully continue to do a Sunday record, to pe- barring a Kiva schedule weekend record. And uh, I hope. Get your questions in. You can get the question link at Lash Tweets. You can follow Kiva at Kiev 26 um, You can check out uh, the latest uh, episode of her nap. I, I already said um, Dr. Bender Rabinowitz did a great job talking about PR. Uh, Robin and Kiva need a PR firm. And I, I had so many things to say about that episode. I, I have a carrot top story. Uh, great ideas. I think I think black licorice needs to be sold in cigarette cartons. But to know what I'm talking about, uh, you have to check out the episode. Um, you can also check out the latest episode of her nap with Rob Akiva and the great future guest of NGOG, Chappelle. They all sit down to talk about season three, episode seven of Family Matters. Yes, the Urkel man and um, Akiva and Mike Bloom and Alex Chester did a show, uh, a podcast on the Thirty Two Fans Patreon podcast, yes. and then Patreon podcast, and then they're also talking about football. You nailed on it. The Thirty Two Fans proper podcast. I know what's going on with That's you. That's so nice of you. Not a not you a not a out. Akiva completist, but you know what's going on with me. I do check you out. I listen. I will. No, no, no. I'm, I'm plugging. I'm finishing okay. the plug. You, you, the listeners, can check mm-hmm. me out talking about the challenge with Brian Cohen. Number 35, uh, baby. You, yeah. Uh, we were 30, like, seven today. We Unbelievable. Stayed at the top. Staying power um, of the lash. Talking about the challenge, uh, prob- what I'm calling, what Brian is calling, what we are calling, the best premiere in challenge history. The makings of the best season. It's absolutely fabulous. We cannot believe it. It's living up to the hype. Check us out at robiswebsite.com slash challenge iTunes. We will have special guest Mari next week. I'm so mm. excited. Uh, we dropped that on Thursdays, Thursday night, Friday. Uh, Brad and I recorded the worst advertisement in podcast history for that. So that look out for that on the Robins Podcast Network. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about episode 19 secrets and keep to take the pressure off of your guests here i couldn't even tell you what this is about i have no recollection uh, everyone reveals their deepest darkest secret all right uh maybe we'll get keeps deeper darkest okay secret if week. you if you if you go i'll go <laughs> me neither secrets, baby
All right. Uh, Come back next week for hot takes like that. We'll see you next week. I was pumped for this episode. And like at the beginning and the end, that was totally good. But there was like a little bit in there was like, oh, I like lost my will to live for like 15 minutes.